ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. On Mondays, your mission is adventure. Join us for an action-packed start to the week with Mission Adventure Mondays. Go exploring in uncharted waters and take a ride to destinations unknown and unreal. Check out Mission Adventure Mondays, presented by Boat Trader on Waypoint TV. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. talking about uh, we've been talking about elk okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh are, you, are we recording yeah i'm recording i just hit record right now oh so let's let's do this let's let's, say, i could probably cut down my language a little bit no nah, i ain't worried about it let's have <laughs> let's have some fun real quick though let's make this phone call oh, shit. Uh, who are we talking to Kurt? Yeah, I'm hey buddy how you doing i'm doing all right man how are you i'm fine so i'm sitting around Oh good. Oh no, I was just calling just calling to freak you out a little bit. Sitting that's uh my wife and I are in Lowe's. I'm like, that's gun that she said, Oh fuck Lowe's. Okay. Tell her I said hi. Hold on. Tell the wife I said hi, Kurt. Well, I will. <laughs> he doesn't know who he's talking he to. Doesn't, he, it, it's two of us. I can hear you. It sounds like I'm in stereo. A what? It sounds like he, he sounds. It sounds like we're in stereo. Oh, it's your it's your two favorite Instagram celebrities, as you call oh, yeah. us. <laughs> uh, no, there's three. So is this is Drew back there in the background? No, it's Sill, but he don't matter. Oh, why? <laughs> Damn, that's messed up. <laughs> I figured we, we just there's three. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this third one, Kurt? What's that? I can barely hear you. I said, "Who's the third one, Kurt?" Well, the, the three, we, it was always uh, 
Jeff? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, if, he didn't, if he didn't mention my name, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> is that you, Jeff? It is. How you doing, buddy? Oh, oh, hey, man. I knew you were in California this week, but I didn't know that you were actually, you know, kind of... Down here in the hood? Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> that you were slumming. He's, he, he's, he's down here slumming with us ghetto folk. Wow. Well, there you go. It's a power duo. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, just, we just wanted to call and make your day at Lowe's, buddy. Well, you did. Well, smile like a possum eating sandbriar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you'd have been something about a whorehouse if the wife wasn't right there. But... <laughs> you can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll get back to your honeydews, buddy. All right, you guys take care. Alright man, we'll talk to you, but later. He's gonna be like, he's not gonna mention my name you watch. He didn't realize well, I'm I, here. When I said it, I was expecting him to freak out a little bit more because he always does that. He, his, his brain was like, oh, who who is this? <laughs> Gotta figure this one out. Because Christian Armstrong, he's not on Instagram anymore. Yeah, so. he bounced out. <clears throat> he lives like ten minutes from me now oh, up definitely. in Idaho, but I haven't even gone to see him yet. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, poor Christian went, uh, he went freeze, man. He said, I got to get the hell out of here. I don't blame him. He got, he gets too, uh, he's a hothead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he'll probably listen to this and be like, fuck, man. Yeah. No, no he, he knows it. He, he knows he it does. well. Well, everybody gets, some of these people, we get so caught up in social media. And, uh, you know, I used to do it years ago when I first started uh, with the whole Instagram thing. I'm like, and then I, I used to get pissed off at people who, taking stupid photos with game animals or I don't know, but I'd get so caught up in, in the whole nightmare of it and what people are doing and everybody's pushing this discount or this discount or this product is the best because of this. I'm like, no, that's garbage. Yeah. But, and he, I think Christian, he just couldn't take it. <laughs> he gets way too heavy about it. So, Well, he'll, uh, I, I think a lot of that too, Right, he's a younger cat, so I think a lot of that'll come with maturity, where it'll just roll off of him. Well, that and he's he's got what like twelve little ones running around the house by now. And so. He's yeah, I think he's <laughs> he's at five. Yeah, he's at five, and I'm sure give him six or seven months, <laughs> he's gonna pop out another one. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be on again. How old? I don't even know how old he is, Chris. What? I think he's he's got to be twenty eight now. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. Shit, I'm old. I'm. Most people think I'm younger, but should I turn 35 in a couple months? <laughs> I know, I know. Most people are like, dude, you're a baby. I'm like, bullshit. Look at all the rest of these guys out on social media right now trying to make it. They're yeah. like 25. Shit, look at me trying to make it. I'm 46. <laughs> hey, getting out there. When did you when did you start hunting? What was it? In my twenties? Probably okay. like 21, 22. What got you started? It's just something that I always had an interest in. Like, I remember, you know, we grew up, I grew up, I say to tell the story all the time, but so people will hear it and be like, oh, here we go. Um, but, you, but, you know, kind of short, but yeah, growing I up hunting heard it or camping and fishing, seeing pigs and deer here in Central Cal. And it was just something I was always like, man, that'd be awesome. You know, watching <laughs> the shit Saturday mornings, I'd have to get up at like three in the morning. Yeah. You get a field and stream magazine and just didn't have the money to do it. When I did, it was uh, downhill from there. Now I'm fucked. <laughs> so the, the only reason I ask and everything is because, I, I mean, I spent so many years doing door-to-door sales and everything in, in the inner cities. And some of those people, I'd tell them the stories and, man, their eyes would be bulging out of their head for the whole time. And I'm like, 
I mean, have you, some of those people are like, yeah, we thought about it or maybe it'd be cool or anything, but we don't know. Like they live in the inner city, they don't know anything about it. And they might see it on TV or something, think of how cool it can be. And especially out on the East, you gotta buy all the like leasing rights and everything. So, I mean, we are kind of lucky out West cause everything is so much public land. Yeah, but absolutely. It, um, yeah, I'm always interested to see. I, the two things I'm always interested in is when people get started later in life and then I wanna know what their reaction was when they shot one for the first time. And that was kind of, because some people, when they're older, I mean, it's a different experience. I grew up with it. When I was 10, it, I mean, I had been around animals being harvested the whole time when mm -hmm. I was a baby. And so to me, I didn't have the emotional experience that a lot of people do, and especially older. And so yeah, that's I'm, always kind of a... It, that's interesting an interesting, thing. and I never really thought about it right like that. And, and no offense to anybody that's been doing it their whole life. But when you look at something for so long and you want to do it, don't know how or don't have the means, and then you finally get to do that. Not saying that my appreciation is any great, greater for that harvested right. animal, but I, there you don't have the, for the lack of a better phrase, the take it for granted kind of right that experience um i mean that's a decent phrase because that's what i would that's what i did as a kid like i i didn't know any different right. that, that's what i was brought up around so when i took a shot and i mean that was just hunting mm -hmm. but then again you you run into all these people now that are taking these like for the gram photos and they don't i almost feel like there's a disconnect yeah and they don't really understand maybe what they're doing or that they took a life or i mean some people will wound something they don't care they'll just take garbage shots just so that they can hopefully get one and so it's kind of a yeah and i but i think that's across the weird. board right if you if you are looking at that in terms of your your experience if that is part of your experience or you are trying to make the gram or whatever social platform part of your experience you're fucking it up anyway. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're you're absolutely fucking it up anyway. I'm not saying that you don't want to share it. You don't. You know, if you have a platform. But what I'm saying is, if you, if that is part of the experience, you're screwed. It it, it ain't, it ain't where it is. You know, and that's why I, I did a podcast not too long ago. But I don't think very many people actually listen to it. But it, I went into the the concept of sponsors. Why I don't even necessarily mess with them anymore. And like I'll I'll. I'll use what I use and if they give me a discount, great, but I, I use what I like and I don't want to do the sponsorship thing because that shit gets, I mean, there's so much pressure that goes on in there and it, it was ruined at one point in time, it was ruining hunting for me mm -hmm. because I was, I mean, I would get in there and I was so stressed and so pressured. I wasn't thinking about like where, I, I mean, I'm 15 miles back in the middle of some nightmare mountain that nobody's ever going to go back there and I can't even appreciate it. Because I gotta, I gotta kill, make sure gotta to, yep, I gotta right. put something down. So many pictures, and and I know a couple of people have told me, I'm like, hey, so what's your commitment with that? And they're like, oh, I gotta do, I gotta do X amount of pictures a month, and I gotta have this much content a year, and it's like, damn, that seems like a hell of a commitment, and and it absolutely it distracts from the experience. It is, and you know, and I, <clears throat> when I first got started in the industry. I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I was like, you know what? I, I want to represent these brands. Mm -hmm. I want to like build a name and everything. And, and then I realized that I don't like, no offense to everybody out there that follows me, but I don't like people very much. <laughs> 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 I prefer to be like out in the distance. I mean, and uh, away from everybody just for my own sanity, I think over the years of everything that I've done and uh, <clears throat> yeah, you get involved with those brands and they want you to go here. They want you to do this. You got to supply this many photos. I remember building out media kits and it's like, 
we got to stretch out content for this this and this and that's why you got guys going out staging photos all the time because they're like well I, if i don't have the photo i don't have the content i don't have this and i lose my brands i lose my partnership and and then if you don't knock something down then you're like oh, you got to worry right. about it and stress about it that's why that's why a lot of the big names now they they hunt uh they hunt fence hunts because you know what you have to right at that point if you're going to keep sponsors and, and everybody happy and I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the brands that I work with, but at, at this point, I tell them I, I don't want anything. Like I'll test gear or something like that if you guys want me to, because I'll I thrash gear. I'm terrible. But no, actually, that's a good <laughs> thing, right? Because if you're if you're representing something or you're putting your name behind it, and I don't care who you are, you should be able to put that shit through the ringer, thrash it and trash it, and still believe in yeah. it, right? And and well, I got approached about boots year and a half two years ago and i'm like look i've never run them this is what i'm running if if you guys want to send me a pair or you want me to give give me a discount i'll run them for a while and see what i think and then we'll go from there and that that to me is how it should be yeah right you you, you got to believe in it a lot of times it's up and well so and that's the problem especially the younger younger crowd and maybe mm-hmm. i well, i do have a bunch of people that follow me so they'll probably listen but when i reach out to them it's it's not to me, it's not all about the money because that's what people think about when they think sponsorships and everything. It's like, you know what, let's let's test something and let's find the gear that you actually like and then work your ass off to get involved with that group mm-hmm. or that company. And sometimes, like I know people, actually I've seen it um, years ago down south where like guys are shooting stuff and they're using one gear, but then the people who pay them, they have all that stuff in another duffel bag right close by. So they got to change out. They got to swap gear real quick so that way they can take photos. And so they don't believe in what they're, that, that's right. the problem, right? That's the problem. And I think, and but they still stress about it because they're like, well, I got to shoot yeah. something. I got to do this. And that's what gets people caught and it gets people desperate. And, yeah. and I, I would actually, I'd be interested to know what kind of poaching numbers go up from stuff like that. Yeesh. And I, I mean, you'd hate to you'd hate to tie the two together, right? But I mean, at the same time, I do know that over the last couple of years, poaching numbers across the United States have gone up. And yeah. I don't know what kind of connection you can make between those. I mean, nobody will ever know. But yeah, wow. At the same time, I'd, I'd like to believe that poachers are poachers and <laughs> <laughs> hunters are hunters. I mean, you know some I mean? people. T- I mean, there are honest mistakes out there. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen them. Um, but at the same time, yeah there's you get other people like i knew there was a deer there was a deer in utah some years back that i knew i knew guys were baiting him and that actually i probably shouldn't say what deer it is because he's he's known yeah let's not go there (laughs) we're not gonna go there but i do that that deer the deer actually the deer died before the season and but i knew there was a lot of people that were hunting that deer there's probably 10 guys and i would i would have bet money that that deer didn't go down legally if somebody would shot him yeah but and it it's unfortunately i think a lot of people go that route and yes. this is kind of a it's a bummer i i got to the point where i was so overwhelmed that hunting wasn't fun anymore and i had to figure out a way to get that back yeah and uh i think i kind of after that big bull i shot that went into full draw film tour of the crown bull and I think last year I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this DIY project with the horses just because I haven't been on a horse in a decade and I, I wanna be able to produce that to other people. And I, I still gotta finish writing that piece out. I'm gonna give it to initial ascent, let them put it out. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> I think that that hunt itself, it was long. I was back there for three weeks, but it kind of 
it was humbling because it was so quiet and so peaceful and I didn't see anybody and I was hunting alone and I just had the horses and I mean, I'd talk to them once in a while because I ain't got nobody else to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Usually we'd have arguments and discussions all the time. You know, so time. let's talk about that a little bit because that that that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about hunting, right? In, in my years of hunting um, is the solo experience for that reason, that solitude. Um, the fact that it's you against, and it, here it's cliche, you against the elements, against that evolution of that animal, um, and you against yourself physically is one thing, but the mental aspect of a solo hunt is far greater than anything I've ever experienced, right? I mean, just getting through the mental of that solitude, especially the first, I, to me, it's every season, right? If you go out and you're, you're in the woods by yourself for five, six days, and you know, let alone 20 days, there's a lot of conversations, right? <laughs> Whether they're vocalized or not, there's a lot of conversations. I'm usually angry at myself to yeah. be <laughs> but you, But you, you work a lot of stuff out. Right. And I've chased a whole bunch of my demons away solo in the in, in whatever country. I don't want to say back country because I'm not in my head. I'm not a back country hunter. I'm a I'll hunt wherever the fuck the animal is. At. <laughs> you know, nowadays, nowadays, like all this public land stuff in, in certain states, like the back country isn't even worth it anymore. The elk are like in between where the guys are hunting in the back country and the main road. Yeah. Because they're the elk are like, wait, you're just gonna walk right past me? I'm not gonna move. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in between <laughs> these two roads. You go ahead and go 14 miles. Yeah. I'll be right here. And that was us last year, man. We had a plan, and the plan <clears throat> was to you know get in, pack in a few miles, and uh, the caveat was if we get there and the elk are close, and we're gonna base camp. And sure as shit, man, they were within a mile and a half, yeah. two miles of camp every single day, and. Uh, we didn't need to put on the, the miles. I think no. the season before we did something like seven and a half mile average a day. Last year, we probably did two to four, but it was circles. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just, I just love that, that solo experience. Now so, that, oh. If you want to go into solo. So one of the things that I found that I guess maybe not even like, yeah, you go through those experiences where it's like really peaceful and, and, um, if you're battling your own demons or you get to find yourself back there and all you have all these like out of body experiences kind of things and, and whatnot, but also to not cheat yourself mm -hmm. because that's one of the, the experiences that I've had before where I'm like, do I really want to go that far? I'm by myself. Nobody's going to judge me. Nobody's going to do anything. And I know a lot of guys that'll stop right there and they'll be like, Nope. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to go over that Ridge. I'm not going to chase that elk down there. Like, I'm not going to drop 2,000 feet to get to that bull. And it's whether or not you can cheat yourself. It's kind of like that one last rep thing in the gym. Right. Like, you know what? I got two more reps in me, but I hit my 10. So am I right. going to stop? And it's, a, it's the same. If you're the type of guy that you hit your 10 and you're like, yeah, I can push past this, but. Why do it? Yeah, my, my program says 10, so whatever. Like, that's the guy that's going to stop at the end of that trail and be like, eh, I'm not going to go any farther. Yeah, until you go, you make the drive home and the whole drive home and that tag's not notched, you're going, son of a bitch, I should have dropped down exactly. there. You know, that <clears throat> and that is the worst. That That's probably my biggest mental battle now. And, and only because I've been doing the, the solo hunting thing for so long that 
yeah, I get past it. Like everybody wants to talk about, oh, you got to do hard things and make sure that it's hard and, and difficult. And if you can do that, you can do anything sort of thing. It's like, I mean, I got to, I got to find a way not to cheat myself at that point. Like mm-hmm. I've gotten back in there and I don't have any, like I pack three days worth of food in my pack at all times because I don't want to waste the energy. If I get like six miles back there and it's almost dark and I'm not going to get to them, like I'll just sleep underneath the tarp. Right. And then a lot up. of people won't do that. They'll waste the energy trying to get back to camp. And then you got to go back in the morning and everything. It's like, no, nah, I'll just keep going and I'll put myself in position the next morning. But that's that's my mental head game it's like i'm by myself do i really want to drop this 1200 feet because i know it's going to suck getting out right but but you learn <clears throat> i think you learn that over years right yeah is but because you didn't do it and you beat yourself up for you know from from the end of september to the next september you're absolutely and i i'm i screw myself with that right and and i'll get off track with an animal because i'm like i can go this way it's a little easier but damn that's gonna challenge me and then i'll i'll push myself to it and then that'll become the goal and not the tag yeah right so it it becomes a detriment to a point and you, you have to learn when to switch it off um, because you just you can get stupid with it <laughs> yeah well i mean shit we were just talking about how i almost killed myself on that bull i had that whole tunnel vision and i chased him around for too much i didn't have water didn't have food and then trying to get out of there took 12 hours because mm-hmm. i was like 10 feet at a time my body literally couldn't go any farther yep. and and then i had to lay in a tent for two days that's <laughs> just trying to that. like get myself back together we did that chasing my uh my buddy's buck i think that was two seasons ago and and you know it's 115 degrees our early archery season we chased this guy for five miles and uh shit by the time we were coming out i I was literally pissing orange um and as we were we were probably within the last mile almost all downhill and i kept telling dude if i hit the deck haul ass just get out of here and get help because mm-hmm. i think i'm going down and the last two miles man i was dizzy and i would just have to stop i mean every three steps i was stopping taking a knee it was it got scary it, it got scary and then you're like all right you gotta pack more water i know it's heavy but or find, <coughs> find a way to water or anything else that you gotta do well that was one of the things with that hunt is we were so used to this creek you know always having a spring always running two weeks prior it was full we go back and i mean do we dropped over the back he missed a shot on the buck the buck went over the ridge down the back side so we said oh let's go we hardly have any water because we were banking on the water get over there and it's dry as a popcorn fart and uh i was digging under rocks in the creek bed and and we would get you know a little bit of seep of the most putrid nasty water <laughs> that you could imagine and that's what i was drinking it i was like there's yeah. no way I, you know it would be like eight ounces and it and you'd feel full from it because you were so uh we were so parched and dehydrated it, it was it was miserable well and then most people don't realize especially when you're that dehydrated you can't chug water after that you'll make yourself sick yeah and I've been there, done that before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's miserable. <laughs> you, you learn a lot back in there, and then you learn a lot about yourself. And you learn, and my thing about not cheating myself, because I'll go back to that when I'm lifting or trying to get in shape now. I'm like, my fat ass won't get off the couch. I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm, should I skip today? I'm tired. And actually, right now, I probably look like I skipped a couple times, but it, uh, <clears throat> It's, it's just how it goes yeah. and you, you you learn all these lessons over the years and and 
more of it's about yourself than it is about the animal. The animal. Yep. And then, but of course you learn a lot of lessons about the animal and then you screw up and you do it wrong again. And <laughs> you know, you, that's when the conversations get real fun yeah. with yourself. You you get those screaming matches, man. I had somebody back with me in Wyoming for like the first like five days and five, six days. And, and she like just used to sit there and laugh because she's like, you're so like, you're so angry that you screwed that up. And I'm like, yeah, because I've screwed it up every year for like the last five fucking years. <laughs> I make the same mistake. And then I'm like, son of a bitch, you know better. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it fun, I guess. And that's what makes the, the solo thing is a lot more challenging i guess and because you just it's all it's you versus you more yeah, than anything more than anything and i mean yeah it's and i look at hunting a lot like a competition now and some people get upset about that but because i do have like a provider mindset but i mean i was a competitive kid growing up baseball football uh, i was supposed to go to college to play baseball and and then shoulder blew out i didn't have anything like that anymore and then hunting became this like competition Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what kept me going right and and a lot of people will ask like well what's your why why do you hunt and everything and it's like well i mean a for my sanity but i mean it's probably the only competition or competitive thing that i have every year i can't even imagine what that looks like right as you you know my daughter right she's a collegiate athlete and i remember her going i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do with myself i have to find something that I'm going to do after this to keep me going. And and she would she was in tears. I mean, she's, you know, she's played sports since she was four years old and, and hardcore soccer since she was eleven. Uh-huh. Um, you know, all the way through college and was a phenomenal college athlete. So going back to what you were saying, can you imagine what it would look like without hunting? Yeah. I mean, what what, what I don't even know what I would do. I think I, I, I honestly, I think something like dies inside. I mean, it, especially to me, because I, I was a big hunter back then when I was a kid, but it was a different kind of hunting. I didn't go do this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it was mostly like right around on a four wheelers, a spot and glass till I could see something and shoot it 400 yards. And <clears throat> which is what a lot of people do. But it when I yeah, I, I was supposed to go to college to play and then my shoulder exploded and then it exploded again. And yeah, sounds like yeah, I mean, well, I mean, look, if I put my arms up, mm. I can't do anything. Like this right shoulder, I lost like 15 degrees on the range of motion. We didn't know if I could shoot a bow. You better watch it. You're like in uh, Southern California. You have to put your hands up, man. You might get capped. <laughs> I, can't I haven't been down here for a minute. so well, Actually, I didn't even introduce who I'm talking to. So I'm sitting in the garage. I got Jeff Moran here uh, in the garage slash arrow building gun bullet pressing whatever we got whatever we, we got everything in here I'm snowboards i got uh buddy sills over cutting some arrows jeff flew in yesterday no i got um, in this morning oh was it this morning yeah i got oh, in hell. i got in at like 10 damn yeah, i was supposed to fly in on thursday but <clears throat> my meetings got pushed back to monday so i was like uh i'm not gonna sit in la for two days by myself not knowing what to do so I can't been, even see the stars here so every time i talk to <laughs> jeff i sweat him about getting another episode might so well. he, uh, he said, well, I'll be in town. Shit, I think that was, what, three, four months ago we started this conversation about you coming to town. Yeah, life life takes its roundabout ways to do things. And I was like, you know what, I got to get down here and, and get moving on the next step of business. Because mm-hmm. that's nothing ever goes. As, I mean, just like hunting, nothing ever goes as planned. So, I mean, you ha- you're hopeful. But <clears throat> as things start moving along, I figured, you know what, I was going to be down here and 
that was even tentative. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to calm down. I just, then I think I let you know like two days ago. I was like, hey, I'm going to yeah. be there. I'm going to be there Friday or yeah. Saturday. Let's do it. So you, you talked about business. How much of how much of what you have going on can you fill the folks in on? Um, you know, I don't know. When's this going to come out? <laughs> probably next couple weeks give us what you can next couple weeks yeah we could do a little bit next couple weeks because i i so i have the trademarks done so i have the apparel is kind of started um and then i have the product lines are coming up um so since they're all trademark protected i guess i really don't have to worry about it too much but i do for those of you guys who know me i guess my social media account is relentless hunter hntr at the end not not the full we took out the vowels for some reason i don't know <laughs> looks cool um <laughs> and uh i've i've been working in the industry for like four years and four or five years maybe i don't know i lose track of time probably five five because it was we've been like 2016 or 17 yeah I started we, we recorded you. the first time yeah when was the when, i don't know that was uh <laughs> that was 2019 january 1st 2019 that's right because that's when life like hit the shit fan like couple months later um but yeah so i was in the industry before that and i've always been in the fitness side of it and uh the health fitness nutrition side and and i have a platform right now that's that's online that i work with a bunch of brands like supplement nutrition and training brands to um as basically like a retailer you could think more like uh, bodybuilding.com but for the outdoor industry because a lot of people don't realize that the supplements they may go buy or something like that those aren't brands that support anything that we do Mm -hmm. and so my goal is to focus on like military and the veteran side and also like the outdoors and the hunting but or adventure lifestyle because then you're getting into land and conservation no matter what and so i do that but i also have like my own product line coming out um which is why i'm down here in la where i got to go down to meetings um for production times and everything else like that which that gets a little fun because I mean, their minimum order quantities and everything gets a little bit heavy, but, and actually that one's going to be fun because I, I I went a little bit different route when it comes to the nutrition and fitness side. I went, uh, we use the the word bootleg in it because you know what, if we're going to be honest, what are the two things that like hunters and veterans all have in common? Guns and booze. So (laughs) if we're going to sneak in, we got the pre-workout, it's going to come out, it's going to be called Moonshine. And we're gonna use all those flavors and kind of go that route. We and a lot of hydration products that kind of go in the strike force route that uh, you could use it as a mixer. Or you could use it back in the backcountry, like helping you out. Nice. Which is that gets complicated when you get into the whole formula process. I mean, when it comes to actually building supplements and product lines, like there's more stuff that goes into that. I mean, even when you get into the, the actual. Uh, equipment and gear side they start asking like stitching questions i gotta learn how to sew mm-hmm. like what <laughs> oh man i had to, i taught myself how to sew <laughs> i did too yeah. actually it's kind of uh interesting i mean i had home ec i don't do they even have that in school anymore i don't know it's a good qu- i don't think so <laughs> they did when i was in high school not, i don't know right anymore. we had to learn how to sew like i went, to, I went to home ec because that's i was in wood shop and then i realized yeah. that all the chicks were in home ec. <laughs> that's we went there. and i went <laughs> to home ec I, i'll never forget the conversation with my mother she knew exactly why i did it she was like what the heck do you mean you were going to home ec she was like you're what girls in that class and i'm like there's a lot of them in that class <laughs> so why, we, why we got to cut it down to just one yeah it was uh, it was a lot of them. we'll say you know 
making a, a cutting board for mom versus uh, cross stitching a panda bear uh, in home ec. I was I was cross stitching a panda bear in home ec. My priorities were right. See, I was a. I remember that class, but then I was also had like wood shop and, and auto body auto building stuff like that. I was actually so most people don't realize. I don't even know if they do them anymore, but I did auto body competitions and everything in high school. I was like one of the top auto body auto mechanic students in all the Northwest. Oh, damn. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, you have to get, like you're timed at these stations at these big events and then they host like a conference and call out the winners and stuff. And that was kind of a but if you have you ever seen like a painter that doesn't look like he's 60 when he's 35. Right. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that's not the route for me. I like it. I enjoy it. But yeah, I couldn't I even know if schools focus on trades anymore. I don't think so. Like there's there's zero for trades they started like they started winning off when i started graduating high school i used i did auto shop i did home ec and stuff like that but those later years after i graduated they started weeding those out when did you graduate oh eight Oh my god. So they were weeding them out. So I graduated in 05. So it's but we still had all that stuff and I guess I'm from Idaho too, so that's a little different. Yeah, it's a bit different. I mean, down, down here, I don't know about California. <laughs> I mean, Idaho's like, yeah, I don't know. We used to have guns in the gun rack in our truck and mm-hmm. everything when we show up, but <laughs> I don't know if that would fly anymore. Dude, I remember the days here where you go in and, and you know, we call it brown bagging now, you know, where you walk in and you walk out with whatever you needed. I remember those days. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, my high school campus was built like a college campus too, so we didn't even have like, like it was just a bunch of different buildings and there was no fence or anything mm-hmm. around it. You just do whatever you want. I never went to class. How I graduate. Yeah. I mean, I graduate. I was, I was smart. So I'd, uh, I mean, I could kind of toot my own horn there, but <laughs> I, I, I graduated with a good GPA and I went to college and everything and, and have two degrees from that. But it, uh, yeah, I never went to class. I was always doing auto body or running around and, and sports would, and everything else. You would think that California of all places, right, for, for as populated as we are and for as much trade is necessary to run this type of population that they would really push on that stuff it's it's really I mean, backwards all the, if hell. i remember right all the uh the nascar like um schools and everything are down here yeah and like the diesel mechanic schools and some of the auto yeah, body right. schools are, mm-hmm. are yeah the the tech schools are down here so i'm yeah, yeah i'm surprised I why that, they don't push that stuff more it is <clears> weird well and then what state was it last year that that brought like hunter education into one of their classes or something like that I don't know. There was a state I that actually. That. Inter- I remember hearing it too, and I should <laughs> yeah. know that. That's a damn and shame. I mean, I think they were trying to bring it back, and especially now. Well, last year with whole, the COVID thing, and and more people are getting into the outdoors and stuff, and they're still not teaching that stuff in school. I think I don't know. They don't teach you real life stuff in school. No. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, you got it. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, I mean, just, you know, I, I'm a, I'm not too far removed because of my boy. And uh, he was in private school. His freshman, sophomore, part of his junior year. And then we homeschooled him. It, yeah. It's it's laughable. I think if um, I had kids, I'd have, I'd have to do the homeschool thing. Yeah. the Actually, the right private school, you know, if you find the right one, his, his school is phenomenal. Um, just a, an amazing school. They had stat wise, they were like ninety nine point eight percent acceptance um, over like seven year period for their seniors into higher education. 
So that that was pretty phenomenal. I mean, cause if you look at the stats in public schools, and it's just scary, just scary, scary. <laughs> I mean, I was public school, but it was a little different where I grew up. I, it's not like that anymore, I don't think. But. Yeah, I mean, well, I could say I was public school. <laughs> but we're talking, you know, still is 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was 19. I graduated high school in 1992. I was two, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was at least starting school back then. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Um, how do we get off on that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how we tangent. Oh, we were talking about my, my business and everything. Oh, so, yeah. oh, yeah. And I'm. I have, I'm actually trying to, to launch or, or get involved with a host or a, an event company um, to host like different sorts of because everybody's got those tax shoots and everything mm-hmm. and it, there's all the races and whatnot. But COVID kind of killed a lot of businesses. Um, I mean, yeah, it killed the, the small businesses around, but most people, I mean, there's there's some hunting and, and outdoors and competition companies that they're not coming back. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if it's kind of. When we get into the COVID thing, especially for me um, on the, the health and the fitness side, then there's there's a lot of demand for it there. And I remember a couple of years ago, actually, even in the hunting industry, there were some magazines that had posted some stuff that were like, oh, you don't have to be all like abs and in shape and everything to go back and do these things. It's like, well, no, but shit, you should be healthy. Yeah. And and so and nowadays you everybody's just like oh take the vaccine or whatever I mean, we won't get into the politics of it but at the same time it's nobody's preaching the health benefits of it i mean and people that are that are healthy and they're working out and they're they're dedicated to their life and their health like that's a big deal now i mean and, and a lot of that too right is is yeah you don't have to do it right but if you can't limit it to hunting right because the long-term benefits of it are right. far greater than us using it to service in the in the in the back country the front country whatever the hell it is a road hunter well we know what you guys look like um <laughs> that I was 12 there. pack of corona yeah, strapped to I, the back. I was there at, at, at one point um but the long-term benefits right overall right. life and i mean that just it's just a better quality of life you know and you might as well have your passion um drive that right it makes right. it easier to see it through and that because there was a lot of there was a couple of years there were people were bashing the health side of the, the hunting mm-hmm. industry and you know and i have a couple of opinions on that one because like you said it is a health benefit it's and it's long-term effects of how you're going to feel in five years or how your joints feel i mean you hit that 30 mark and it's like oh shit i mean i've got a bad back to begin with i'm deformed technically and uh it um people will be like what yeah no anyways the uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my back is a mess my vertebrae are not um they're not shaped like blocks or shaped like wedges Ooh, and okay. so if i don't stay like healthy and with muscle and everything i basically look like a hunchback of you know, i'd like slouch over really bad and so health has always been kind of a, a bigger thing to me, but, and because if, if I didn't push myself as far as like gym and making sure that I eat decent and all that other sort of stuff, I, I don't even know what would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be hunting like I do. No, no 150 pound pack is going on that back. Right. Um, but then at the same time on the hunting industry and I, I really have a hard time with it because you'll see a lot of people and I want to call them out on Instagram. I'm probably going to call people out now, but I've never done it before. So my big thing with that is you'll, you'll see hunters and they talk about, Oh, like, well, at least I know where my food comes from. And they got, they've got their like elk or the deer on their plate and 
whatever vegetables they got. Maybe they garden their vegetables or anything, but then sitting in the background is that 62-ounce 7-Eleven soda. Right. It's like, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Let's 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 take a step back here, and yeah, you may know where that came from, but where the hell did that come from? Yeah, that's the worst shit and you put in your body. <laughs> as I have an energy drink right there, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's it. That's my only problem is maybe one of those a day, and it's and it, probably because I overwork myself, which I guess if you've gotten to the reflection side of life, we could go into that too. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and. They don't know where some of that processed stuff comes mm-hmm. from, from the grocery store or anything that they're putting in their body when it when it gets down to it. I mean, yeah, you may know where that, that deer came from, but I mean, pay attention, learn how to garden, learn how to self, be self-sufficient, learn how to understand what's in a nutrition label and what all those like little fine print things at the bottom are. And uh, yeah, I've kind of gone off on some rants about that one because i think i think it's important if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about one thing on the plate you need to talk about all of it and your your total overall health and and not a lot of people look at it that way i mean even when you start talking about supplementation right not not all supplements are created equal no and and because something has a a bright flashy label doesn't make it the best shit out there no Um, a lot of that stuff is well it's not regulated well that but a lot of that stuff comes out of the same factory or plant and a different label is just slapped on it right with different claims well, and most that shit's people, a little rough so most people don't realize too and i'll yeah whatever i'll, I'll talk about it um <laughs> not not giving away secrets of the trade i guess but there's like there's like one company out there that produces i want to say it's like 70 percent of all the protein powder in the united states mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what labels on it it comes from the same place and it's all processed yellow cheese that makes it mm-hmm. it's not and there are there are companies out there that they push they push it they go to like new zealand and they pick up some of this like high quality it comes from it's not processed it's mozzarella basically is what it is it's clean and that's where they're getting their protein powder from or i mean there's even some places in the states that make it but it it costs more and when you get down to the nickel and dime thing that's that's where it's about and and so it doesn't matter it's just what they cut it up with i guess right they're going to add different vitamins in it to fill it and that and it's not regulated so some people can make claims that aren't necessarily true or most people don't know my big one is um clinically effective doses and that if you're going to put something if you're going to put one of those like ingredients in your body and you're not putting enough of it in there to be like efficient for yourself then where's the real benefit coming Mm, from none and so and i mean it's the same thing with your food can like content a lot of people will talk about trying to lose weight and they're eating 1200 calories a day and it's like no you're like you're resting your bmr your however many calories you're going to burn just by like laying in bed all day is more than 1200 calories mm-hmm. people don't realize that and they and it has an adverse effect on their body um and so actually losing weight a lot of people are struggling to lose weight or struggling to get healthy because they're not eating enough and that sounds crazy but that's that's the case in point so it you know so i last year i was working with uh kyle over at uh kyle camp yeah yep. uh b2p <laughs> nutrition and yep. and kyle's a stud right mm-hmm. and and he he got me to the point where it was and COVID killed me man i was doing so flipping good um because i, I want to hit my 200 mark right mm-hmm. and and you know i'll i'll put on fat pounds pretty easy and it sucks that's just the way my body is so i gotta work 
But if I go hit heavy weights, I'll put on muscle mass, ridiculous muscle mass in no time, like zero time, right? I can pack on muscle like, but I'm tired of being, I was benching 460 pounds repping it like it was nothing be like you need a spot and i'd look at the weight and i'd go and i'm not tooting my horn and i'd look at the weight and i'm like if i need a spot on this i'm a pussy right and i would just and i would pump out you know, yeah you are, dude. <laughs> and, and i would pump that out but my point is is that I, i've never i've never been able to get i want to be at that 200 mark and so i was i was working with kyle and i was getting down i was getting down in covid when covid hit it, it just threw everything to the yeah. shitter because I was doing good on it. But the problem was, is that here, I mean, it was, everything was down. Everything's everything was shut down and it was like, okay, I got to go full board on work. I got to make sure that I'm driving for the, you know, for my company right. so I can keep working. And it just, it just thwarted me. So I'm back on it. I'm, I'm working my way to that. But my point being is I'm running every day and, um, I have to have my caloric intake has to be able to support the runs every day, plus the repair, plus normal function. If I was at twelve hundred calories a day, I would I would be crawling everywhere. Yeah, you wouldn't get it. I'm gonna guess you're over thirty four hundred. I'm actually I cut down, so I'm right at thirty two right now with the everyday runs. And most people would be like, "What? Yeah, losing weight at thirty two hundred calories? Because I have to. You have to do it, right? And if you're sitting in that deficit, there's nothing to pull from. The only thing I'm going to do is burn muscle anyway, right? right? It's easier to burn muscle than it is to burn Give or fat. take. I mean, if you, if you have the, the protein content and, the, and quality of food there, like even if you're going to be in a little bit of a deficit, you're, you're going to, you'll be able to retain a lot of muscle mass, but not everything. Right. And that's why when people talk about all the time, one of my biggest pet peeve in the world is when people say like, oh, well, you can you can build muscle and lose fat. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> think about it. If it, Especially to hunters, if we have like, if we're put, making like our own ground and you have eight pounds of ground and then one pound of like fat or nine pounds of ground and one pound of fat and you're doing 10%, well, if you add more muscle into it, you still have the same amount of fat, mm-hmm. but the percentage is dropping down. So people like they can't, comprehend that whole process of it and so the only way you're going to burn anything correctly is you got to be either a calorie surplus or a deficit if you're going to burn it but it has to you you can't go too far because if you go too far then your body can't yeah it it, it just messes you up there's a a a point of diminishing returns on either side of that equation and it's uh it's an interesting thing though but i you know i'm watching me run what i'm running last weekend i did uh total right up my uphill miles were 8.2 so up and back was 16.4 miles i ain't a little dude i'm still not a little dude but (laughs) 16 i'd struggle yeah but but the ability to see that through i mean you know it hurts like i'm not gonna bullshit like the physical part of it hurts to run that far uphill um especially those grades i'm running but not being in that extreme caloric deficit is the only reason that I'm able to do it because I have that energy is there. My body's able to function. You know, I'm not passing out on the side of the road. It's find that demand that your body's doing. Oh, dude. It, and that, and running and every day that, and that was just some hair I got up my ass. After I did that run, I go, you know what? I'm running every day from here on out. I'm running every single, I said 30 days. I'm not going to say here on out because at some point I know my <laughs> my eyes are bigger than my guts. <laughs> and uh, like 
was it the last no last night i felt pretty good but uh the day before i mean i did four four and a half miles and the whole time i wanted to quit because yeah. i i just your body was hurting i was hurting i was just freaking hurting so that was one of the reasons like okay i gotta make sure in that and that day for whatever reason and it was more work it's an excuse but that day my calories were lower and mm-hmm. i felt it the whole time and it yeah. sucked and i've i mean I've gone into the whole preaching the thing about how many calories we actually burn hunting. And that's why people get burnt out after three days. It's because they're taking in 2,000 calories or maybe 3,000. And mm-hmm. I, I think when I've when I've calculated it out, there's been hunts that I've gone on where I'm dropping 9,000 calories a day. You got to prep for that. Like, yeah. you got to start eating ahead of time, like two weeks ahead of time to get your gut ready to go out and hunt like yeah. that. It's, it's hard it's to consume that. Hell yes. I mean, it feels like you're never, you're always eating something. I mean, thank God for Snickers bars. But, <laughs> <laughs> on I'm, the mountain. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait we say in the mountain. On in the mountain. mountain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you're back there, it gets to a point where it's just like calories. Yeah. And because you're going to burn it off anyways, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you're doing. But yeah, yeah. if you're selling, if you're driving around, you're eating two Snickers bar and a Sprite a day, buddy. I'm not endorsing yeah, Snickers for this. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids are my thing, actually. I prefer those. I know he goes into gummy bears all the mm-hmm. time. Kyle does, but that shit freezes and it hurts my teeth. Oh yeah, they do. You know, mine <laughs> is cold, uh, cold Swedish outside. fish. Okay. I love Swedish fish back there, um, man. Mike See, and Ike's. That's yeah, what Mike and Ike's. Don't Our they freeze? I've never no, had they, that got, they got a hard candy shell. <laughs> I, I haven't had that issue. <laughs> We're talking about candy. The closest I've ever been at was 15 degrees, and uh, I was in Utah. Yeah, but it should still freeze. I mean, a gummy bear at like 40 is like. Nah, but usually what I'll do break is I'll stop it in my chest pockets. So right warm it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sour Patch Kids, they don't freeze when it gets that cold, and they don't like destroy my teeth. And so I'm guessing Swedish fish wouldn't freeze. There's no. no. I don't think so. Oh, dude, they're so good, too. There's there's <laughs> nothing better to me. And you're sitting there, and you're kind of beat, and it's like, oh, man, give me that yellow pack of those I red fish. Candy. I got candy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that little sugar. I swear I'm talking about, like, eating healthy and everything, but this is – when you're back there yeah. and you're doing all this, this is a different world. Yeah, that's that's the really the only time – well, so last year – so I thought I was buying the individual. There's a little pack and there's like eight to 10 of them in a pack. Well, I ordered off of Amazon <laughs> and I got a box, right? And it's like 50 packs, right? And I'm like, okay, so 50 packs is a bunch. Planted a month in the woods, you know. I have some extras, leave some at home. Well, then I get the box of 50 and it's the large bags of them. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, son of a bitch. But a bag would last, you know, yeah. it lasts the whole hunt. Um, and then I'm handing bags out. It was, yeah, I was going to say, you can't bring them back home. No. That's, that's, that's well, one problem. What happened was, is uh, <laughs> when I came home, I mean, I had over half a box, you know, of those big bags. Uh-huh. So a couple of, you know, knockers at, on Halloween, they were like, what? You know, that's the, that's the good house. We didn't come here next year. Yeah. That was oh, the good did, house. Did Halloween even happen this year with COVID? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people are walking out. Yeah, people all wear masks. That's the funny thing, right? Is 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 everybody hears how horrible California is, and it did suck. There was a (laughs) the the plus was the traffic, but not everybody and their mother was running scared. Uh, I would say the majority, but but you know for the most part we were. I didn't feel anything. It was business as usual for me. I mean, last year was my. Everybody talks about COVID being bad, but I figured out like a little loophole with the airlines and I could fly anywhere for like a hundred bucks. And so I, I definitely took on to that, but it was kind of crazy going to the airport back then last year. And you see people in like hazmat suits flying around. You're like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not wearing a mask, and this guy over here looks like he just got out of a oh nuke. God. Like, <laughs> well, you see, have you seen them driving around with masks and they're by themselves? <laughs> yeah. They're still doing that. And that mask and a face shield. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, what the fuck? And you see people outside. It's like you got 12 mile an hour wind. You're by yourself. You're outside. There's no one around. What the fuck are you? <laughs> what are you wearing a mask for? Yeah, no, I, I can understand. It's yeah, <laughs> you know, there's some other diseases out there that that go around that kill millions of people every year, and mm. and you just never hear about them. So it's just kind of the media craze. Oh, and it's and I, if if the TV went out for like a month, can you imagine what the world would be like? Oh, it'd like be a it'd be wonderful. It'd thing. be way better. And that's you know, go back to the solo hunting thing, man. Like when I was back there in Wyoming, I, there was a couple times I drew back on bulls, and I'm like. I don't want to go home yet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to hang out here with the horses and kind of ride around and enjoy this peacefulness and, and quiet. I don't want to go look at my phone because I know my phone's going to have like 7,500 messages on it, especially running a business shit. Um, it gets it gets out of hand. And, and so when you get back there and you get that solitude, it also is – I hate to call it an escape, but – It is. It, it can it be. It is from um, especially when times get rough and you're just like, God, oh, I just wish I could just disappear for a little bit. Um, I but, think that's why we get so antsy, man, on the off season. <laughs> you know, I've been through some rough shit though. And, and a lot of hunting and everything and, and getting out and looking forward to that. Like there was times, I mean, if we went into to that life after our first podcast, a couple months after our first podcast, my life went to shit. Um, I ended up, I ended up losing my family. I lost my home. I lost my cars. I lost everything that was materialistic. It was all gone. And and then everything that mattered the most to me, my family was gone. And I was, next thing I know, I found myself, I got sick. I was sleeping in hotels and I was working a commission job. And when I got sick, I had no more money left. I could, I had to make a decision one day whether or not I was going to have a car or I was going to have a bed to sleep in. And so I, I went the route of, you know what, I, I'm going to sleep in my car. And I spent months in a car um, and I lost a lot of weight and everything else. But, you know, sometimes I would think back to, you know what, I just got to make it a few months. If I can find the money, I can find a way back there. And like, I knew I was going to cry when I got to the mountain. And I did. But it was just like, you know, I, I can hold on to that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that I can look forward to because right now I don't have any way to get out of bed anymore. And, and learning you can think back of those tough times that you were going through. You're like, well, on the side of a mountain, you can't stop. You can't go backwards. You can't do anything. You have to just keep going forward. Mm-hmm. It's one step after the next. And and you get to that same point in life sometimes where you're just like, you know what? I, I got to take the next step. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how much it hurts. You got to take that next step. And And... You know, and it, it goes to because then you have one good day and you can get really excited about it. And then you have another good day and another one. And then slowly they start to build up. I mean, it takes time. I mean, shit, it took me years. And even when we had this conversation last year at a trade show, and I wasn't willing to talk about it because mm-hmm. it was still something that was I was still mentally not OK. And I was pushing. <laughs> you were. Um, and, and we, you know, there's a lot of self-awareness and self-like realizing the difference of, of who I was then and what I was doing. And as a business owner, there's a lot of people that are out there that they push towards like 
they push you about goals. Everybody's, well, you want this. You got to push yourself harder. You got to do these things. And you know, that's great. And being a business owner and everything. And I always have these like crazy wild dreams that are unobtainable basically. But if anybody's going to do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And, but then you start to lose track of reality of life at the same time, because you're, you're so overwhelmed in all the stuff that you want to happen. You can't focus on today and what's happening in your life. You can't, you don't notice that, that your family at home is missing you, even though you're right in front of them. And just, you take a lot of stuff for granted and you, and a lot, I know there's a lot of people out there that are in that same boat right now today. And so you, you have to be able to, yes, you can have these goals and yes, you can have these dreams, but being able to sit there and and say, you know what, I need to take a step back all the time and I need to work on myself today as well as working on what we need in the future. And, and that takes a lot to do. And I can, hunting had a big, a big deal to me and it could be, it, it could be anything for anybody. It could be competition in sports or anything like that. They can look forward to something that can hold them together, but it, it's, uh, being able to do, I, I don't like the word balance. I hate the word balance actually, but to be able to, to find the self-awareness and, and learn and take ownership, I guess, of everything and, uh, and, and not blame people. Cause this is the society of blaming everybody for everything in the world today that that balance thing right that's a weird one right because i've never been able to balance anything right not not be able to balance whatever that means and really grow and achieve on the other side of that balance right i mean it just the scale is going to be weighted to one side or the other you're going to have to put more energy into something but like you're saying stepping back for a second and realizing that okay it doesn't necessarily need to be balanced but it has to have some attention to it so i guess yeah and when you go to attention i'll I'll put it this way with a family because this was this was my mistake and everything is i was working so hard I mean, I was working two jobs or I was working one job. I was trying to like build my company and I was getting up at 3 a.m. and I was working until like eight o'clock at night. And then I would go to the gym and there would be days where I would wake up before she would. And then she would be asleep before I came to bed. And I didn't. And, you know, as far as balance, everybody's like, oh, you got to give your, your family time and everything. Well, your family's a job. And most people don't think about it. But when you come home, like they need your attention, mm-hmm. they need they need you to put in the work for them and be there and you have to help your kids out you have to help your wife out with things and if you don't give if you don't work just as hard at home as you do on the job it's gonna fall it's gonna fall and most people lose it most people there's a lot of and men were bad at this we'll get into this concept that you know what i busted my ass all day at work right i I want something when i get home i want it there like i earned it or actually let's go back they don't say earned everybody likes to use the word deserve mm-hmm. and i fucking hate it i hate the word deserve i think it's the most toxic word in all of the english language because it's a it's a mindset that you know what i i did all this stuff i should get something for right it. and people use it all the time if you if you don't get that job promotion everybody's like oh it's okay like you worked hard you deserve it and then it's a and then it builds in their mm-hmm. head and they think no, I do deserve it. No, you didn't. You didn't fucking earn it. Right. You didn't. You didn't. Work harder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there it is right there. Right. You didn't. If you did, you would have got it. Right. And you, it goes 
to the family, it goes to relationships, it goes to a marriage, it goes to your job, it goes to anything. And I don't think people have, and, and especially now, everybody's like equal this, equal that. And it's like, actually, where did I see, what was it? Oh, Virginia, the state of Virginia, poor Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily his kid's out of it, but they said that they're, they're gonna do away with like AP classes in school. I saw that. Because they're not good. They don't want, they want, they, they want to focus on equality. Bullshit. That kid's smarter than that kid. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you say. Let him go. Let him achieve great things in life. Yep. Don't hold him back. Oh, that's and, the, it's the, everybody on the bench gets the same trophy thing. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's, and that's, yeah, I'm not here for a participation trophy. That's and that's, a, that's what deserve. That's to me. That's when I hear somebody say deserve, I try to like bite my tongue because I'll be a dick yeah, about nah, it. That, I can't handle it. And that's. And that's why the, that's also why I don't see like balance because people are like, oh, well, you need to go out and like drink and party and hang out. No, I don't. Nah. I, I, I need to work. Like if I feel like I'm achieving something, that's a, like you said, that's how you grow. Mm -hmm. And if you can grow as a family, you can grow at your job, you can grow, grow your business, but you have to put in the work all the time. Yeah. And that's where people are, are lost because they, they do one job. And then they don't do the others. You know what What the eye opener for me, right? And and my family comes before everything, right? right? So, and I've never, I give my wife a lot of credit, right? And, I'll, and I'll, I've never ever asked her to do anything that I wouldn't do for her at the same time. We share everything, right? She works, mm -hmm. I work, we, you know, carry the same load. She probably does do more around the house than me. I ain't gonna even bullshit about it, always I mean, has. I don't. I don't do laundry. Like any chick that dates me, that's it. First date question: You do laundry? <laughs> nope. All right, check. But when I realized, <laughs> when I realized it, we were and we when when the kids were young, we it was mandatory dinners together. Yep. Pray over dinner. That was our conversation. That was our time. And we're sitting around the table, and they're talking and they're laughing and they're talking, and I'm listening to these stories. And it's my wife, my daughter, my son, and I'm like. <laughs> like, how come I don't remember this like this, right? Like, I don't get it. And I'm looking and I'm like, when did this happen? When did that happen? And they were, they, all three of them could tell me what job I was running or what company I was working for. On Mondays, your mission is adventure. Join us for an action-packed start to the week with Mission Adventure Mondays. Go exploring in uncharted waters and take a ride to destinations unknown and unreal. Check out Mission Adventure Mondays, presented by Boat Trader on Waypoint TV. While they were doing this stuff. And that was the biggest, my daughter was in junior high school, that was the biggest slap to the face ever and you want to talk about a realization right and it was like okay i'm reeling this shit in and i promised my daughter at the table that night i will never ever miss another soccer game you're in i don't care until you go away to college and i can't get to you in an hour that point on i never missed another game when when my boy was playing football if they had games at the same time 
I'm like, you know, calling my wife, how's it going? All right, we're almost done. And I'm beelining it from game to game. But it was the biggest. And, I, and I'm and i glad it happened when it happened because right. maybe I would have felt. too late. Right. I might have fell victim to I'm out here just going, 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 because we look at it again as I'm providing, I'm doing this. This is what I have to do. Right. You know, now I'm going to sit back and not do these other things. Right. And it, man, it was a. <laughs> You want to talk about a kick to the balls. It was like, man, I missed all that. You know, and I I didn't I mean, I don't have kids. I, I say family, it was it was the the girl and the dogs, but I mean that they, they, they meant everything to me and, family. I, and and yeah, and I, I thought that working my ass off and trying to make sure that we always had everything mm-hmm. that we wanted, to me that was that was all the, the work that needed to be put in. Right. I didn't think about it. And you, you get lost, you don't realize that something's wrong mm-hmm. and if there's no communication granted i mean I, I will put some blame on that side she she was terrible at communicating things and but it all of that stuff is you have to work and just like you you're like i never miss another game well, that's a work you had to bust your ass to do that oh hell yeah and but and some people would be like oh well that's balance you're giving people everything i'm like yeah but i gotta work hard for yeah. that and and but in the end it's worth it like you can think about it now and you'd be like, you know what? I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad that I worked that hard for my family and that you got to see the rest of them mm-hmm. and you get to, see, and you get to notice it because it's when, it's when time starts to fly by and it, you don't notice those things. It's not even our noticing it. Right. It's their noticing it. Right. But, and, and I think as, as men, right, as you said, and I'm not saying that the guy that comes home wants to plop <laughs> on the couch and pound a six pack every night is saying he deserves something because he went to right. work. What I'm saying is notices, they notice the effort that's going to them, right. but I think the effort of us going to work from the other side, from the kids, from the wife, isn't sometimes as we would take it for granted, walking in the house deserving, it's just something we do, right? You're right. the man, that's how it's, you know, that's how it's built. That's how we've always been told, this is what you should do. So I think they don't see it, right? And then right. when you set back, and I and I know I know for my daughter tells me I'm thank you dad thank you for doing that thank you for making that effort I never heard thank you for going to work and working 70 no. 80 90 hours a week right so it's like man thank god that I regretted that you know because we get caught up in that monetary value of everything oh dude and and we get caught up in that materialistic thing and you know I made a post about the the reminder on my phone i don't know if you read it the last one i think i posted about um <clears throat> it was the day that i realized that materialistic shit didn't matter anymore and because we i mean yeah i mean i, I need a bow and i need like some arrows and stuff that's expensive but <laughs> <laughs> some some materialistic things we'll talk about um but <clears throat> i remember it because so i was in a parking lot in louisville kentucky i think and i've been homeless for a couple months and uh i had finally gotten enough money that i could have my own apartment and i got turned down a couple places because of some issues that i had with with everything and then you know when i got an apartment i got a phone call and i was sitting there and i was like i I mean i cried because i had a place to live and then i started thinking about it and i'm like why does it matter sometimes because you know i don't yeah there's a place to live but now there's all these responsibilities to make all this money and everything and you know what that didn't really matter to me anymore Mm -hmm. like i wanted there was there was fulfillment in my life from other things and i don't get fulfillment from money i get fulfillment from 
meeting people, from helping people, from taking care of my family, from doing those sort of things. And I think you probably would have been that way too had you not had that moment. Mm -hmm. You would have sat there one day and been like, well, maybe maybe I did bring home the paycheck, but what was fulfilling about that life right. at that point without right. well, without having the without having the awareness? I right. Guess. Well, the diff- I, I think the difference is right, and and because I'm looking at these two kids that depend on me, right, and and right. this woman that I you know vowed to take care of, right. Period. I, I think there's a little bit of a difference, at least for me, when I saw it. It, it wasn't. It was about them none of right. it was about me and it was and and i i know how much money i spent it sure <laughs> shit was material <laughs> but and, yeah. and the money does matter let's let's not put it that way but yeah it uh but yeah there's there's definitely i get what you're laying down it you know you're not going to remember the the dollars that came into the bank account at the end you're going to remember the life and the experience mm-hmm. that you gave and and everything that you put into like your family because i mean if if the kids didn't basically had an absent dad not saying you were but i mean there's some guys that are out there and they're working 24 hours working around the clock and they're never home and they never think about it and they're like you know what i'm bringing home a paycheck right but they're absent at home and they don't necessarily get to to because you want to be proud i mean shoot look at some of the kids that are out there and what they're doing nowadays and what they're protesting against and everything it's like how would you feel at that point and and you want you want to make sure that you raise them right and if you were absent and you weren't there like i I think that's where i was going with it It was the whole fulfillment thing as materialistic stuff you gotta have it but it's it doesn't mean as much as what you get to watch your kids do right and and how you get to raise them and make sure that they're raised right Mm -hmm. and they're not one of these little hoodlums running around like causing problems all over the place i mean even you know you got a you got a dad or i shouldn't even just say that right if you have parents because women work hard too right um that are busting their butt working all those hours providing and the kids not getting that lesson from the parents because of that some of these and and not to be a dick but some of these are the kids that are standing on this far left hand me thing you know what i mean like please we want it all for free type shit yeah you know and and their parents might have been some of the hardest working folks around but they didn't have they didn't have that direction from them they They don't realize it is taken for granted on the other side right and and yeah and it's yeah i still hate to use the word balance with all of it but i mean because you got to work for everything in life it doesn't matter what it is a, hel- a healthy family life a healthy a healthy body mind mentally everything job a healthy bank account you got to work for it mm-hmm. and a lot of people take a lot of that stuff for granted that's where that deserve concept comes from yeah that, that's gonna have me pondering the hell out of that man <laughs> on the balance part of it right <laughs> and i and i've said it a long time like there is no there is no balance. If no. you want something, you're going to put as much energy into that something as you absolutely can. And something's going to lack. It's making the decision, the right decisions in what's going to lack. Right. Right. If I'm going to drive to make sure my family has a bunch of stuff, I can't neglect my family. Maybe I can go neglect the man cave and not be out building arrows or pressing, you know, pressing bullets or going out on a on a two week hunt every year 
um, or no, trying no. to get as much time in the woods. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just trying to be a smart ass about it. I'm like, well, when Jeff comes into town, we got to do podcasts. Yeah. So deal with it. No. <laughs> and it's, you know, now kids are out of the house. So, I, right. you know, I don't have to worry about it. My wife and I, it's, it's us every evening. And... It's you know what I mean. It's a you still totally got to work world. on it though. Oh hell yes! That actually, it, <laughs> I'm it, not it, gonna say. Go ahead. At, at in some instances, it's more so because right. now the kids aren't <laughs> there, right? So now you have to fill the void for each other, right? And those mm-hmm. things where I'm not coaching or she's not helping my daughter with something or she's not shit. When they're, when they're both gone, she would cook dinner. I'd walk in the house and I'm like, this is like six days of food. Like, cause she cooks and she cooks big. She's used to, <laughs> she's used to having the kids. And I'm like, babe, this is going to last us a week. Like what? She's like, I know it took like a year before she toned it down. I'm like, look, we're not buying any groceries, <laughs> nothing. And she's still, she go to the grocery store and she's still spending the same amount of money. Right. Because it's, it's, I'm not used mm-hmm. to it. So to some extent, when when you're empty nested, there's a transition period where you have to where you have to refigure well, then, it out. Well, yeah. And it, well, with everything, yeah, you're talking about the kids, but then also working on life with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. that's different. You almost got to go back to like, okay, well, what did we do when we first started dating? What those sort of things, and and have to. I mean, I I don't know this experience, but I can imagine. <laughs> what all of that stuff is like and, and I, all right i'm gonna excuse me folks if you don't want to hear it i will tell you having an empty nest it is amazing <laughs> you worked hard for 18 years and now you get that it 20 is years. uh there are certain freedoms that come with it that are second to none. Right? We've been in our house for like 18 years. And uh before that one. If you just said that one minute later, that door was open, she's gonna be like, what are they talking about? Oh man, but Jeff ain't never coming over again. But there yeah, there's some there's some huge benefits to it. It's it's fun though, you know. You get to you just you have a freedom that you don't that you're not accustomed to after you know twenty something years. So it's a it's a pretty neat experience. But you gotta you gotta get back to that point though. Like you said, it's I couldn't even imagine all the food and everything that you're gonna go through and yeah, having to reaccustomed to that kind of life is it's fun. I mean, but then again, we gotta reevaluate ourselves and everything as we get older. Anyways, mm-hmm. how we how we work out how we go to work what we do for hunting i mean there'll be a day where you know what i can't make it in the backcountry anymore those horses better be up to shape but, <laughs> but i mean even then you're not going to be able to put yourself through some of that stuff and you have to reevaluate and figure out how to work efficiently and effectively mm-hmm. so how's that been going man talk with you i know you let's talk about those draft horses a little bit <sighs> yeah so i you know i got I wanted it to actually when I moved back to Idaho, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I, if I'm going to be back in to the mountains and everything, like everybody always has these dream hunts of wanting to go hunt on horseback on a, on an elk hunt or a deer hunt or something like that on horseback. And everybody talks about how expensive they are. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, 
I'm going to do it DIY. Like I'll probably get my ass kicked. And there were some eventful things that happened with the horses, <laughs> but <clears throat> you know what? There's no reason that you can't have that. It's just like, just like people, you just got to go do it. And people get so worked up on all these things about anything in life. You know what? Just fucking go do it. Yeah. And so I, I looked around, I found a place that I could rent horses from. I mean, yeah, that's a little sketchy, but because <clears throat> horses are timid and they cause problems. But I went with the draft horses because I didn't want to tie horses together. I've heard too many horse stories about it. And I wanted something that could haul the weight. And, you know, I'd never hunted in Wyoming. I'd never actually technically hunted elk outside of Idaho. Um, I had hunted some like whitetail out in the southeast. And so I I went and I picked up these horses and. I took them out there and it was a learning experience from the very get-go. But after like a day, I, I kind of had it figured out and I, I hauled the horses back there, like, I don't know, 13 miles, 10, 13 miles. And and it was a, it was a different experience unlike any hunt that I've ever had in my life. Because you're the way that you have to change your daily routine with the horses, you gotta get up earlier, you gotta let them eat. And then, sometimes you got to let them eat throughout the day but then they can they can go in and out of just about anything uh, draft horses are bigger most people i guess most people are accustomed to like quarter horses which are like five feet or something at the shoulder and they measure them by hands a hand one hand is four inches and so when you get into it like i don't know what's 60 inches on a person like 15 hands or something um but that'd be at the top of the shoulders well draft horse is kind of like a clydesdale um well actually they are clydesdales kind of um i had these draft crosses that were like 16.2 and 17.2 hands so they're like the one horse was almost six feet tall at the shoulders and they're big like the average horse i think is like 900 pounds and a draft horse is 1600 I mean, there's they're twice the size and they eat twice as much. Well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when all of a sudden you bought children. <laughs> I mean, make children or you can buy them. They're called draft horses. <laughs> um, and so that and it was a blast. It was an experience kind of unlike anything I've ever had as far as a hunt goes. And I and it was something that i wanted to prove not only to myself but to everybody else you can go do this mm -hmm. you just you just have to try it and then i grew up in idaho i grew up around the rodeo i grew up my dad and everything actually my dad's from uh ventura california so he's from down here but that was way back when when they still had horses and everything it wasn't quite the same california kurt easter uh, jeff moran is actually a californian <laughs> california <laughs> so get this one my mom's from new york my dad's oh, from california oh, we got the double whammy <laughs> <laughs> mom's in new york my dad was california and they met in idaho somehow <laughs> and um <clears throat> yeah <laughs> maybe that's where my my love for the ocean came from was my dad or something i don't know um but yeah so i, I grew up around that kind of stuff and I, I hadn't been involved in it for so long i had been involved in this like fast pace everything and i got to the point where i wanted and after taking the horses out there i'm like man can i even go hunting anymore without the horses like for a it's easier <laughs> I like to talk about doing shit like hard and difficult ways, but I, it, it's difficult in its own manner, but learning you, you it's just a different experience. And I, I loved it so much. It was, it was kind of the first hunt after I had stepped away from the, the whole concept of sponsors and everything like that. 
and it was the first one that I was like, you know what, this is different than anything I've ever done. And I, I loved it so much that I was like, I'm going to go buy them. And so I picked up horses. They're actually boarded now, but I got to go get them uh, like a week or something like that. And they'll bring them back. And, and But it, it expands everything, but it also gives me being single by myself, like, it gives me some more responsibility and I wouldn't say, shit, I hate that word balance, but <laughs> it makes me stay on task more to mm-hmm. have something like that. Cause they, they have to be, they're relying to, on you. Yeah, they are. And it, especially with a horse, like they gotta be ridden. You gotta get out there and like put them to work. They, you can't just like let them sit out in the pasture and then go pick them up once a year to go hunting. Mm-hmm. So you, you gotta put in the work with them and put in the effort with them and, and, there's a lot of benefits to them, especially when it comes to the hunting world. But the, uh, I don't know. I, I think I just, I got back to the point where, you know what? I got back to my roots and actually I remember I was, it's in one of the articles that I'm writing. It's, I, there was like maybe 10 years ago, I was talking to this guy and I was in some inner city. It might've been Chicago or something. And he was telling me his theory that no matter where you go in life or where you venture off to, you'll eventually end up back at your roots. And I had ventured off so far out there, like living in the inner city, fast paced, like drove a Mercedes, like, and the only thing I cared about was money and fancy cars and things. And it, it kind of drew me back to this, you know, this is where I grew up almost. I mean, Idaho is where I grew up, but the whole concept mm-hmm. of the, and now the only thing I dream of is like having a ranch and a family <laughs> and I just want to like disappear and n- nobody ever hear from me again, turning off my Instagram. But it, uh, <clears throat> the horses kind of brought all that back together. Cause it was like slower structure, more like slower and simpler, but at the same time, it, everything has to be there and you can't can't take a day off you mm-hmm. can't do all these other things and being a business owner you write your own schedule and sometimes you can get lazy right and um so i i think they help they help me out quite a bit because it is i don't know it's just one of those mental things where you, you as long as you're structured and everything and and um they have to be tended to and you have to put in the work and you can do all these other things and it's uh I don't know. I, I love it. And, you know, I'd love to take people out on hunts and everything, too, coming up. So probably maybe not next year. Actually, I might give away a hunt next year. Hmm. We'll see about it out in Colorado. But um, I don't. they are like children, though. They cost just as much food wise. You know, but, you're talking about all that and, and you had posted uh, you had posted your parents house in the garage. <laughs> Right. But but so there's some level of experience that you have with that. Right. I can't imagine as a kid it, that your dad's been into that for years. Oh, right? yeah. We we had uh, anybody who doesn't know my Instagram or anything or that sort of oh, sorry. Um, anybody who doesn't know that situation, I posted a video where I walked out in my parents shop or my dad's shop and uh, out in the shop is a couple hundred snakes, yeah. <laughs> reptiles. And, and I, I, I can't even remember. I had so many messages about people are creeped out left and right, <laughs> but I just grew up with it. I mean, and my dad was in, that's probably where my work ethic came from. It's my dad. Cause my dad comes home from work and he might sit down and eat. And then he goes out there in that shop and it used to be like the spare bedroom in the house. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I have woken up with a snake in my bed once <laughs> it happened. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, 
he would go out there and he works for three or four hours like cleaning that cleaning, stuff and right. that's that's just his hobby that's what he likes to do and everything and i guess the horses are the same way um but it's a little different a little less creepy uh, <laughs> and um yeah, so I guess I grew up with a zoo lifestyle. Yeah, that was, man, that was... Uh, <laughs> Unexpected. Was, when Well, I was like, what is, you know, is he... I thought it was like, you know, bins of like product or something, right? T-shirts or something. And then you, you started walking in. I'm like, holy crap, is that like snakes? <laughs> and you slid it open. I was like, God damn, that's a lot of reptiles. I mean, there, yep. there's... I, and, and you said about 200 and you said he had some gone, but I was thinking that there was 200 plus in there. Well, and those That's are just, those work. are, a lot of those are the adults. Those are the breeders. So he breeds them and then he takes them to shows and, you know, their snakes were thousands. Mm -hmm. And most people have no idea that they, uh, not in there because he doesn't have any of the super high dollar stuff. But I remember sitting there talking to him at one point in time and their snakes worth like 20 grand for one snake. That's a trip. It's a it's a damn snake. You can't even walk it. Yeah. Somebody texts me, they're like, does he walk them or does he take them away, like slither around? What do they do? I'm like, no, you can't put a leash on it. I don't think. But yeah, I've had a couple snakes. I mean, they're actually, a, a, they're an enjoyable pet, right? I mean, they're, if you're into reptiles. Um, <laughs> if you go with the whole python, I mean, I've had all pythons. Yeah. yeah, so he's got a lot of different variations of balls and everything. But I mean, you still have to clean the cage, or yeah. else it smells terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to, and then some of them, you got to worry about putting them down for hibernation at certain temperatures. Um, There's certain times a year that they don't eat, and it's because of their whole hibernation factor, mm -hmm. and and they go through these cycles. And sometimes they won't like some snakes will only eat like amphibians so like lizards and frogs and everything yeah and you, you have to like teach them to eat mice and so i remember when i was a kid you'd have like my dad would have these lizards and he'd like rub them with a mouse so that way they smelled like a, a lizard and then he would give it to the snake and they like you have to baby feed it or for like sometimes you have to force feed them because they're not going to do it does he breed the rodents he does yeah um, some of that he doesn't have the great big snakes anymore so there's no like guinea pigs or rabbits mm -hmm. running around people are going to be like hate me for that <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had lovers a, out there yeah i had a uh, i've had a couple snakes okay. when i was younger but i had a colombian red tail boa and he was probably that's what i pulled out of the drawer yeah six foot long or so <laughs> and that's an awesome snake i mean coloration is beautiful it's yeah. just a cool snake yeah and and they're pretty handable bull bull right <laughs> uh, ball pythons can be a little bit feisty and finicky no um, balls are quiet you're trying you're probably thinking like um some of the python or some of the other pythons balls don't they don't do anything well i got bit by a ball really so i so have to but that's how different. i know about the the breeding of the rodent right so <laughs> oh, okay. there's a guy local that that breeds snakes and i i went to his place this is years ago and took the wife I probably know who he is and she was like i'm not going in there you know i'm not going with you she was totally against this snake i say she killed it to this day and uh she didn't watch my stories the other day <laughs> no and uh, she would have texted me i was all hell? you know i'm going through and we're literally going from he from room to room right and as we're going from room to room i'm just like you know holy crap there's terraniums everywhere and there's Burmese. There's two giant ass Burmese just rolling around the house. 
and he's and I'm like, man, these are beautiful. So it's it's the Colombians, and he has it's probably a two three hundred gallon tank, and it has slide open fronts, and he and I was like, oh, that one. He goes, yeah, go ahead, and, you know, if you want to take it out, take a look at it. That's fine. So I'm like, all right, and I'm looking right. And there's like there's a couple of biggins in there, and I'm like, man, and I I wanted a snake, but this is the first time I ever had one, and I kid you not, I went in to grab this one snake, and from the other side of the tank. Yeah. got me and i said peace out buddy so he goes well let's go this way right he goes i get it so we go out and he's like well let me show you this and he opens up the garage door and in the garage i ain't bullshitting you it's tanks and it's full full of uh mice and rats that's all that yeah and you want to talk about give me the like dude rice mice and rats that that's it for me and i was like damn but yeah, he was, and, he, and then his explanation was, "Hey, you gotta you gotta dizzy up the mice or dizzy up the rats, you know, or thump yeah. them so they're still yeah, alive, <sighs> but you don't want them biting the snake." <clears throat> people the people snake. are gonna freak out about that one. It's oh, gonna cause it animal cruelty at that point. But yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah, I mean, you just thumb them on the back of the head and yeah. kind of stun them out, so that way they don't, they don't bite. Rabbits are really bad; they'll chew into them. Um, but the <clears throat> yes it's it's an interesting you know deal. when you got bit i'll, I'll have to ask because there's going to be people who are thinking about it here like when you get bit it doesn't hurt like no, it, it, just, it just scares the shit yeah, out it scares of you. the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you're like oh my god i just got bit by a snake yeah. i've been bit so many times yeah. it's not even funny but then like like i've been bit and the snake will wrap around your arm and everything you just go and nowadays it's like okay and i just go put my arm underneath cold water and then because they're cold blooded mm-hmm. and they let go and they it's not a big deal and it's like i mean it's just a bunch of little tiny yeah little pin tiny marks and you can't you can't tell but most people are like scared to death oh, especially shit out of you. oh yeah i mean it's <laughs> I, it looks scary but yeah it doesn't hurt you're just like wait a second like what yeah yeah but it, it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing how fast it happened too right i mean it was just like <laughs> Kurt's two favorite things in the world are horses and snakes. Dude's scared to death of both of them. He's going to hate me. Put him on a horse in a, in a field of snakes. Oh, he won't do it. He ain't going to do it. There's no. You couldn't pay that guy enough money, I don't think. He won't even get a, I'm, I talk about him going on a hunt and he can jump on the horses. He's like, no, mm-mm. <laughs> not gonna do it so you know horses they get they get sketchy because we have well i was telling you about the pat goat situation <laughs> and and they they get finicky on on different things and they get afraid of stuff that they're not used to and when horses take off and they have a mind of their own and they're big and they can do whatever they want and, and i was coming up that trail in the middle of the night on the uh <clears throat> headed out and and this guy had some pack goats and i know the guy um which is funny but that his he wasn't paying attention and all of a sudden one of his little devil children pat goats come running down and they got big they got big horns they do those little tiny pat goats got horns and it scared the shit out of my horses and my horses went nuts and we were running down the trail and like one of them almost pulled me off and it's just like it was a rodeo but it yeah I don't know. I, don't, I, I can wanna, understand why some people get freaked out because they don't want to fall, and you fall off a draft horse that's six foot tall. Yeah, like that's not any fun. But especially back there. Well, I guess <laughs> in that scenario, right? You weren't you were solo, but there was someone there to get yeah. those shit going. But that's true. And I and actually, I remember reading a story about a guy a couple of years ago that he was he's a guide and he was on his horse and one of his horses spooked going across the creek and he. And he had another guy with him, but he fell off and hit his head on the back of a rock or on a rock and the back of his head split open. Eesh. And he was in the middle of 
they were like 20 miles in or something like that. They had a, they had one of those garments, uh, the inReach. And so they had to life flight him out of there. Oh. But he, um, yeah, I, if <clears throat> at that point, I mean, I almost say my goodbyes before I go on a hunt every year because I don't know if I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. If I do something stupid, in my, I mean, I could, knowing me. Um, <clears throat> or if a horse, something happens with a horse, some, somebody shoots or something like that. I mean, I had a buddy that was archery hunting a couple of years ago, and all of a sudden an arrow whizzed by his head and hit a, hit a tree right next to oh, him. Damn. Some guy was shooting at He was sneaking up on a bull, and some guy was shooting from like 120 yards behind him and <laughs> hit the tree in front of him. It was just like, damn. you never know. I mean, you never know. It, I guess that goes back to the whole life and fulfillment thing, like live it up. You don't know what's going to yeah. happen every day <laughs> blink shit. of an eye yep so uh, as, as you uh, are driving around southern california and some of the worst traffic <laughs> in the country you know chicago's worse is it yeah chicago was the worst place that i've ever lived that the traffic came around but one thing like i said i showed you the, the tent thing was kind of a shocker to me uh, uh. just because of the in the amount of people or the economy i don't even know what it is nowadays but. i think i it's almost like <clears throat> I, I hate to sound like this and I, I'm, 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 I was really trying not to right and this is this could be you know my foil hat or whatever but it just seems like yeah it's difficult in some aspects to make it but i i, I really feel like because there's so many handouts that people are like, fuck it, I'm just going that route. Well, so I, I read something the other day that one of the the new stimulus packages and everything, that not stimulus, but it's one of the bills that he's trying to pass. If you put it into consideration, like a, a single mother or a single father or something like that with one kid could technically make like $75,000 untaxed without going to work. And so if you have these handouts that are coming to you no matter what, why would you and you don't even have to have a bank account now they they send you a prepaid credit card or whatever if you have a p.o box that's all you gotta have and it's like you know what if i'm gonna get free something free this free that and that's what that's what gets i mean i'm not gonna lie it was nice to buy like hunting equipment with that check but (laughs) (laughs) i mean but it sucks because technically it's a it's a loan that we're forced to take that that our taxes are going to pay mm-hmm. for for the next 10 years. So what did you make last year? On the border of 60. So he works his ass off and some dude that doesn't do nothing can go make 75. Yeah. Right. Why would a guy that makes 60, <clears throat> unless he wants to take care of himself, so, not just say, fuck it and go make 75 for free. Right. Cause I can't, to me that I, I get it. No. Yeah. Grand not doing it is useless. I, I get I'd it. I'd rather earn my money. I right. get it. But there's folks that, so there was i took this class in college and it was one of the best classes that i've ever taken and i would tell anybody to take it and it's called uh labor economics and it dives into the concept of uh, like what's worth it or not like is it worth it to step out of the house and go work when you can like make this or even if you can make like a dollar less is it worth it to go put in the work to make a dollar more sort of a thing and, and some of us yeah like that's what we do like if i didn't have a job i'd fucking go crazy yeah. if i didn't have shit to do all the time and people that sit there and are like i got so much free time i don't know what to do like well find your ambition go find something but <clears throat> to me there's that class was kind of 
mind boggling because I had spent a lot of time in different cities and I had spent time in rural areas and I could I could see those people that would take advantage of the systems and they would they'll they'll bring in as much as they can and they'll spend money on whatever they want and everything else and they're and there will be people that'll go out there and they'll make that seventy or that eighty thousand dollars for not sitting not doing anything and then they'll they'll sit there and they'll make up stuff on their whole not or unemployment packet or whatever you want to call it but then there's guys like you and and everybody sitting in here that i don't even know if i'd feel right doing it i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna pimp a system right if you're just gonna (laughs) pimp the system figure out how to parlay that into something right like put some effort into growing it i mean you're getting something free but then they don't even see it like that they just want to ride that wave and it's just like you you know and i don't there's some situations in life where i'm okay with it. it it to a certain extent like food stamps or something like i know i know a girl right now she's going through a divorce she has two kids and and money's tight it's tough but but there's a difference right if there's a need right there's an absolute need you're gonna you're you're gonna do what you got to do right but what i'm saying is is the folks that don't have an absolute need the entire time they do it right it's just more shit in the the college thing the younger kids in the college thing i mean you made a choice to get higher education you don't necessarily need it i got two college degrees it's the most expensive piece of paper that i'll never use (laughs) (laughs) i don't care because it is like you know what i'll i appreciate that i went through it and everything and i have the, the degrees and i can sit there and like there's a lot of knowledge that i can put forth from what i actually learned uh, from my actual majors because mm-hmm. I have a finance and accounting major like I can do my own taxes like I don't gotta pay anybody to do that but <clears throat> there's when people are wanting that free education now it's like no that you're not entitled to that mm-hmm. like you can go out and work you can work for the education or you can because if it's free you lose value oh, yeah. yep and if and what's college going to be if everything's for free in college? Like, you're going to have all these people that are going to, they're going to get garbage degrees. There are garbage degrees. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say it. But they're going to go into, they're going to go into the workforce with the same attitude and no appreciation right. for <clears throat> the effort behind it, right? If everything is handed to them. And so, that's being a business owner that was the toughest thing that i've ever faced especially when i was in um when i was in tennessee when i was in florida and i owned the alarm business was i would hire these guys and i'd be like look i'll pay you 200 bucks a week flat that's your salary and then you get you have to complete x amount of jobs and then every job after that you get a bonus of like 150 bucks i'm like and they're like no i want 30 bucks an hour no you can make 15, you can make two grand this week if you complete all the jobs, or you could make 30 bucks an hour and you, you make like $800 or $900 a week. But they would not do it. But if I, and I made the mistake one time of hiring a kid that was, I was like, okay, I'll pay you that. Well, the dude barely completed like four jobs in a week instead of 20 jobs that the next guy could do because the next guy wanted the money. He wanted to earn it. Right. And, and you could push. And I think people have lost that a lot. They don't want to do the work. Well, they don't want to do the work, but they think that they're, they think that their time, time is valuable. Yes. But 
not to like a business owner and everything like yeah time you gotta bust your ass and i want all this stuff done and if not then like what kind of value are you bringing me mm-hmm. and in i don't know they're they're not gonna value anything if you're handed it that's why you gotta work for it and you earn it period like you do more jobs i'll pay you more money and but people are like no i want this to start out no i'm not gonna give you that and that was that was the toughest hurdle that I ever had as a business owner because I've done it a couple times now. It's trying to find people who wanted to work hard. I dude, I see it every day. Uh, right now, I have close to three hundred million that I'm running in projects across the Southland, and I have some really good employees. And that you owe me. Because I'm, dude. oh, dude, it's the worst. Get off my fucking project, because you, you, and, and, and the worst part is you see it more and more. There's no, it's that deserve word again. Oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's just insane. It's like, crazy. He's younger than me by a few years. Like, oh, I deserve it. I'm like, no, you don't. Why did you work for it? No. Why do you deserve it? The worst part is, is that that attitude is growing, and I've seen it over the last few years trickle down to some of the senior folks mm-hmm. right to where this this younger demographic call it is they're looking at them going well why the hell am i still busting my ass i've been doing this for 30 years 25 years whatever it is i've been busting my ass but look at this guy getting away with murder over here not doing a fucking thing and it's starting to trickle down or trickle up however you look at that to the guys that have been in these seats for years and years and years to where they're this, they're like the same little bitches as these guys. It's like it's just spreading. I gotta get the hell out of this business before it goes to shit because there's not gonna be anybody working. It goes <laughs> it goes into the hunting industry too, though. If you think about it, people get all upset at me for shooting something, and I'm like, oh, I fucking worked work my ass for off it. for it, right? Yeah, I, I work. I did the I did the research. I put in the effort. I got there, mm-hmm. and I pulled it off. And a lot of it's luck, but that's on the hunting side. When it comes down to to an actual job and life and the world, like. It's the same thing. I mean, I, I mean, it for is, me, hunting relates to everything. Like, it does. Right, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I can. We can. We can bring everything back to hunting oh, in one dude, way, or shape, so, or form. It's I've been so in, easy for me. Yeah. And people, I guess, and when people want to sit there and call me a murderer or something like that because oh, I hunt, and, I hate. Well, okay, we're not going to go off on that tangent, but I'm I'm going to get to the point that like I worked for it, like, and I I. I busted my ass and sometimes you're successful and sometimes you're not and and you know you you feel better about what's on your plate mm-hmm. at the end of the day and it's a different experience and and you know and I, so I remember one time as a I was a kid I was like 16 17 and I had to go we had to put um like I can't remember like it was like fiberglass sheets or something like that above a kill floor in Simplot which is a big like cattle like processed beef and everything and you know what? <clears throat> I think everybody should have to go there and do a field trip because you don't. Uh, I mean, uh, people, uh, people, they want to sit there and they want to call me all this stuff. Do you know what the fuck those cows go through? Yeah. Like and everything so else. And, from it. They don't and, know what's coming. Yeah. Through. And that, that detachment theory, I guess you, you go into that, but it's <clears throat> people want to call me all that stuff. It's like, no, man, like I, I respect the animal. I respect mm-hmm. everything I did. I worked hard for it. And, and, busting my ass you can relate and people don't realize that 
you know, we can relate everything back to hunting in one way, shape or form. And we don't have the detachment. We, we can think about the hard times that we had hunting. We can, we can talk about the miserable ice storm that we went through and everything's fucking freezing. Well, I you know with that, <clears> I, everything. I, when, when I get that kind of stuff, I just say, you know, how much food do you waste in your house in a month? Right. That's the easiest yeah. way to kill it. Mm-hmm. Right. How when's the last time you had a piece of venison on the grill that hit the ground and you said, oh, shit, I'm throwing this away. Well, that dog back there loves it when it hits the ground. Oh, yeah. They'll sit up under. If I grab it out of the freezer, he's like trying to grab it out of my hand frozen. But, but yeah. you know, that's where I go with the conversation. Well, even and you farming start, or gardening in your own garden. Everything. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, the amount of waste when it's just, you know, their ice storm is the is the freezer aisle at uh, at Ralph's <laughs> Ooh, when they open it. Yeah. Right? How many times have you seen that in the store? You I open can, the door and go, Ooh. <laughs> but they, there's no there's no real appreciation for the the value of the life that was given for that. That, that was taken. That for food. food. Yeah. There, there's no appreciation for it because your hand's not in the circle of life. Therefore, there's no okay it was 10.99 a pound that's how they that's where the relationship is right that's is how it affects your value. wallet so well, to I say mean, shit if we got down to it that elk is probably like 32.99 a pound oh shit more than that <laughs> but i got it's, just talking about that i have friends they don't do hunting and then I, they see me like last year i killed i killed my buck in utah oh bro i got two pounds i'll give you 20 bucks i'm like bro <laughs> i'm like if you put in logistics, like legitimately, <laughs> that thing's worth closer to thirty to forty. We're not even, I'm like, come are you? Kidding we're not me? even counting time that we put into it. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's how it goes. Like, you want something? But yeah, learn, I, learn the hunting and put in the work, and you will realize how much work you really yeah. have to put to get an animal. It's not that easy. I, I don't know. I, I tell you what, you said. He said twenty dollars a pound. You said thirty dollars. No, I said a like pound. thirty-two. I'm yeah, gonna say that shit's one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> right? I got, this time. Bow, <laughs> I got these arrows. This site. Well, this. <laughs> that's technology, man. You're just factoring the food you spend, the gas. You no, spend. man. If you gotta count all of that <laughs> oh, in there, you put the gas and the time oh, off and the time equipment. Off, yeah. oh. It's the most expensive piece of meat you'll ever eat. <laughs> you ain't wasting that shit. That shit is more than wagyu. Now that. Tastes great, man. That tastes like butter. Oh, the wagyu beef. Oh, jeez. But yeah, people don't. They want to call me a murderer and everything. They think it's that easier. People like, and I don't get it anymore. And I, I, I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous of all the women out there that are in the hunting industry because they get blasted with all these people talking shit, mm-hmm. want to kill them and everything. Nobody ever comes on my page. Come on. <laughs> I'm jealous. Okay, ladies, I'm jealous of that because yes, six foot two fifteen kind of with a beard sometimes is scary. Um, but the uh, yeah, I don't get it anymore. Actually, I I haven't gotten it since Instagram suspended me for that one time. What? You're in timeout. Yeah, I was in timeout for like a month because some guy was threatening to kill my dogs and he was threatening to kill my family. And I told him, you probably shouldn't threaten somebody who kills things with a stick and string for a living. And (laughs) and Instagram banned me for like a month. Isn't that crazy? That's funny how someone can threaten you, but you rebuttal. Yeah. And and I shouldn't have said it, but it's kind of funny. Um, (laughs) 
Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he was like, <laughs> yeah, he freaked out. And he reported me for it. But but at the same time, they don't realize. Yeah, we go through all of that for the game and the animal, and it's not always about that experience. Sometimes it's about the life experience and what we go through and what we look forward to and and everything else and what it can do for you mentally. Oh, yeah. um, those sort of things, and they don't take all that stuff into consideration. They just want to call you a murderer, mm-hmm. and it's it's disappointing and and. Uh, I don't know. I have that similar it's, it's frustrating, I, and I'm still jealous of all the ladies that they get all the death threats because I don't get it anymore. So on that, my Send wife. Send them my way, please. On that one, my, my <laughs> wife has some food in there for us. Okay. But I, because you brought that up, right, and, and there's a correlation to me. When we were approached like this from the aunties or – you know, people that don't understand hunting, but then we see the divides in the hunting demographic. Right. Um, set them straight on that, because that to me, we we are our own worst enemy. Our biggest enemy oh, yeah. is is hunters in our demographic are far bigger threat to what we love than the outside. Well, because a lot of people have that mindset that they they can't. They struggle to support somebody for doing something good. You don't like to see people above you, I guess. And I think that that's, there's a lot of jealousy in it because I've had guys that have messaged and be like, you only kill five points. Like, what are you? Because for a while there, I was a five point king. I knocked down a five point bull every year, but I'm like, you know what I went through to get that thing? Like, shit, I don't care. It's They're all a trophy to me. Mm-hmm. And I root for everybody to have success, but not everybody can do that. They they struggle with it. And, they, and a lot of – we come from a very heavily that, – that old-fashioned right wing. The wife is in the house cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids. The husband's out busting their ass. They're the ones bringing home the bacon. And when they see a woman being successful or something like that, they, they butcher them. They get mad at them. But then at the same time, it it goes back to me. Like I've had people like get mad at me because I shot something big that year. And it's like, Oh, you're just hunting for the antlers or something like (laughs) they'll flip the script (sighs) quick. Yeah, they do. And it's not, (laughs) it's all obviously that jealous factor. Some some of it is. And yes, hunters, hunters go after each other left and right. And it's, It's super disappointing because we're not united like we should be. We need to be bringing people into hunting. We need to pe- people to understand the traditions and how to do it respectfully, and w- how to and teach. One of the things that drives me crazy. Now I'm not going to give up my spot. Let's put it that way. But when people ask for help, nobody's willing to help them. Yeah. They're like, "No, I ain't give it. Like, go do your own research." Well, bullshit. Like, maybe point them in a unit that has more success than mm-hmm. others and they can be back there you know what if i see somebody way back there and i'm 15 miles back fucking good for you Hell yeah, like, you I'll, made sh- it. I'll shake your hand and be like hey they're over there actually i met a guy cash cash he follows me i was in the middle of hell's canyon in idaho i was way back in some shit and i was sitting there and then i heard like somebody walking around i hadn't seen anybody in days and then this random kid walks up and i mean I start talking to him for a few minutes and he's he'd been back there for like 10 days and I'm like you know what right there is a five point bull go get it he missed but still like Mm -hmm. I wasn't back there being like there ain't nothing back here go away I'm like bullshit you worked you worked hard to get back here like why not help and then a couple days later I shot a bull and I came across him he saw me packing it out and he's like here I'm gonna come help 
he helped me pack them out. Hell yeah. And I was just like, you know, that that should be the way it is. If you're going to put in the work, you're going to put in the effort. I'm not going to throw a bitch fit. Mm-hmm. And if I see too many people on the road, everybody wants to complain about, oh, there's so many people here. Well, I'll just walk past them yeah. because I can get it done. I proved it over and over and over again. <clears throat> but it, everybody just wants to bash in the hunting industry. We're so bad at it. And uh, whether it be demographic, like the female demographic or people doing better than you or whatever. I mean, even I don't like the fence hunting. I don't. But, you know, for some people that. Kurt, I'm going to call you out, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some people that live on the East Coast, if you don't have the time, you don't have the resources to put in the effort to go understand, like, the elk hunting and everything. If you want to pay for a guided hunt and everything, like, yeah. absolutely go yeah. out there and do it because it's still not going to be easy you're, you're going to have to get out there and work you got to get in position you got to have to learn about the animal and you're gonna have to go out and do it and and like kurt's probably the only one that i know that does it from the east coast but that's the way it is mm-hmm. and and you know what i i'm not going to look down on if he shoots a bigger bull than me i'm not gonna well i might talk shit to kurt but <laughs> <laughs> normally he i'm makes not that easy yeah <laughs> normally i'm not i'm gonna say good for you guys man like you you guys work for it you know what's going on and and you got out there and, and actually you got out there and actually did it you fulfilled a dream mm-hmm. whatever you're gonna do I, I don't care what kind of paycheck that you write anybody to go do it as long as it's not like caged up and panned yeah don't don't have it yeah <laughs> don't release it the night before i get there on a hunt <laughs> yeah those are a little bit rough i know they do that in new zealand a lot you pay by the inch or something but <clears throat> yeah, that was you know that's an interesting thing i don't want to go off on that tangent no <laughs> um but i didn't realize that until talking to uh, i think it was shay tompkins a couple of years ago and she told me that most of those stag hunts there are on private oh, um, yeah, yeah almost all of them in, almost all of them out there are on private and they're yeah. like and they're basically pasture fed yeah and they know they know what bull you're looking for you basically pick one out of a lineup and that's where you're gonna go hunt oh, but, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of disappointing because yeah. you, you grow up and you look at those and you're like god how great would that be oh, but dude. then so i want to go shoot one in australia because they're they're free range open they don't get nearly as big but <clears throat> that's just kind of my them folks in concept. new zealand can hunt yeah man do they I want to go shoot a bull tar real bad. Man, they can hunt. I mean, they're, they're hunting right now. They're hunting yeah. year round. Just yeah. chasing them. Like when they go hunt tar, yeah. I seen some, some of the freaking ground that they have to go through. Yeah. Holy mother. I had a buddy that shot one over there and they couldn't retrieve it. They got to within like 100 feet and they couldn't make it down the side of the cliff to go get to where it, where it died and he had to let it go. And it's like, they're like, we were risking our life just even getting to the point that we did. And he said that was the most heartbreaking thing he's ever had to do I walk can't away imagine but yeah it's i don't know and then the hunting demographic of course you'd probably blast him for it but it i mean i won't say you shouldn't have it. taken that shot anyway but yeah, yeah i mean no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. oh i was waiting so when my first when my elk hunt came out a couple years ago on film yeah i got hit up a few times people were upset with that frontal shot i mean it was it was a distance shot and 50 some odd yards but I felt comfortable with it, and, but of course everybody's got to blast each other mm-hmm. away, and it's like that's not ethical. That's not that. Uh, now, if you're if you're going out there, use it as a teaching moment. If it's somebody young that maybe did something that wasn't great, the bull died. Yeah. Right. Right. And not very far from where you shot him. Oh, like thirty feet. So but, where where is where is the line of ethics? 
on well, a I lethal think, shot. I think that comes down to the difference in experience and understanding of the the anatomy of the animal and everything else like that. Because, <clears throat> but if it's a young hunter that doesn't really know, when they're just because I've seen guys that just go out there and send lead, and it's like, no, let's let's reel it back in. We'll kind of figure this out. But I'm not going to go out there and like blast him away for. Yeah for anything because the hunting population is smaller it's getting smaller we're not and we're not helping each other out because by blasting away and telling people that this and this and this and oh the 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 one crazy one is any chick that wears makeup when she hunts is like anti like the devil basically why do you have makeup on (laughs) you've had you've had a few of them on the show i'm sure it's like yeah and I, and, and there was a point to it, right? When, when, you know, for me, and I, and I've always said that, right. I want to, if, if it was an endeavor that my wife or my daughter wanted to pursue, right. I would want to make sure that they are held in the best light and, and represent are are represented and are representatives of hunting in the best light possible. They'd still get lit up. They'd be like, Oh, you had to have somebody do that for you. It's it, but it's, isn't it amazing? <laughs> right. And a lot of the shit like, okay. I don't agree with an upside down bow and a bikini shoot in the backyard and saying that we're hunting, right? I'm, I just, I just got to say it. If you're a model, you're a model. If that's your gig, that's your gig. But there's a line in the sand, right? But I always saw. There you have to question the company. Yeah. That's, that's supporting them. But we're well, not going to talk yeah, about that. Well, well, I, 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 I want to move away from that. I just <laughs> love the representation of women that are out there just doing the damn thing, regardless of their hair, makeup. Right. Um, in the work. Yeah. If you're putting in the work, get after it. Well, I've even, seen, I've even seen some that are out there that in the, the East Coast or the Midwest where they shoot whitetail on their property and it's like, well, you're on private land. Well, no shit. Everything out here is private. Yeah. Like Kurt's hunting private. Like when I was out in Tennessee and everything, I had access to 900 acres and that was private. Yeah, of course. Like that's that's what you have to do. But, you know, it is it is a shame. I don't know if it'll ever change with the hunting side. And I think it is a lot of ego. It's a lot of jealousy, egotistical everything. Because a lot of people are hunting for antlers. Like I saw a post the one day that was like, would you take this bull on opening morning? Hell yeah. He's like 350. I'm shooting. They're yeah. like, well, it's one of the better places in the state. I'm not hunting the antlers. I can shoot that bull and go shoot another one somewhere else. But it's, and then you get to this ego, like. You, you, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? right? If it's not 200 inches and it's uh, barely a fork, right? We call it a dink. Right, right. You're an asshole for shooting. You could have done better. Blah, blah. You should have let him walk. Blah, 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 blah. And when it's a 220, all you're going is for the horn. Yeah. It's just, you know, my thing. So I got down to this concept that, you know, I'm going for mature animals. And I don't care if that, like, this buck right here is is a mature buck. Like, he's several years old. I mean, he's not hit his prime yet, but he is, he's a deer that's been through some seasons. Oh yeah. He was, uh, and he's a nice boy. Yeah. And, but there's some people that'd be like, why'd you shoot that? Well, no, that's a mature animal. Like if I can, if I can outwit and, and make a shot on a mature animal, I don't care if it's a five point or a, a three point buck or a four point. I've seen four point horns that are bigger than a damn. Cause motherfucker, that's a Southern California mule deer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one right there. That's a Southern California fucking mule deer. Yeah. <laughs> and those are big and they're mature, they're mature animals. And some people get caught up in this. Well, it's gotta be 30 inches wide and everything. It's like, no, like let's. Well, look at, so, so pull that little shitty old timer out right there. 
right? And he's holding Caesars. You could take the arrows and shit off of him. But look at that. <laughs> yeah. That's a Southern California mule deer. Right. And, <laughs> and that's actually Northern California. That's years and years back. And, man, I fucking worked seven, eight days for that thing. And it was the only legal deer I saw that whole time. I shot that son of a bitch, and I'm proud of him. Oh, yeah. I will, too. Like, I, I was... My, my first ever... California mule deer. It was a forking horn. It's, yeah. it's funny. But I, was, I worked all damn season, and that's the one I saw. So I had to take some. I was the five point king for years with bulls. Like I had shot five points like six or seven years in a row, and everybody was talking a bunch of shit. And I'm like, dude, I I work. I'll try and shoot a mature bull, but if they outsmart me, then that raghorn's going down. I'm gonna feed the family. I'm gonna put the meat in the freezer, and I'm gonna eat it. And I'm not gonna yeah. buy beef because then all of a sudden beef isn't three ninety nine a pound; it's two hundred fifty bucks a pound. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for me, man, I just you know we 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 are on a slippery slope when all we can do is fight amongst each other and not look to start arguments with the other side or fight against the other side proactively as proactively as we are against each other, and it's it's a foolish endeavor. It's hard to it's hard to. To say like, well, why did, I guess we could just say like, well, why do you do that? Why do you, why, did, what's, what's so wrong about what they did and, and use it more as a teaching moment instead of an argument, because mm -hmm. it always turns into an argument and I don't know how to fix it. And, and, you know, and even us sitting here, we're, I, I wouldn't say that we're talking shit about the people that do it, but at the same time, we're like, man, why? And everybody, People get mad at me for being in shape to go hunting and people get mad like and I just you know what that I'm to that mindset now where I'm just rooting for everybody. Yeah. You know, if everybody's gonna put down a, a big bull, great. Everybody's gonna put down a big deer, great. Like I, I somebody was talking shit to me the other day because I they're like, Do you hunt anything besides elk? And I'm like well, yeah, technically, but if I got a bull tag and a mule deer tag sitting in my pocket and there's, they're both on the same ridge, which one am I going to go shoot? Right. I'm going after the bull. <laughs> I want more of the, the bigger, more meat in the freezer, that sort of thing. Like that's just, maybe, maybe it's, you know, I like my lane, right? I do me right. and I don't give a fuck who it is. Um, if, if you don't like my lane, it's very, especially with social media, it's a very easy task. You go to my fucking page and you hit the little button and that button will turn blue and say follow. That means that you don't ever have to see my shit again, right? And you can ignore me forever, forever. If if you if you are spending that much time worried about what someone else is doing, your lane is either full of potholes or you can't fucking drive. Unfollow the motherfucker if you if you think Jeff Moran's a piece of shit or you think Guy Duplanche or Western Contours is a piece of shit. You can unfollow it. But stay in your fucking lane. Be happy with yours and stop worrying about somebody else's. Yours yeah. will fucking improve. Right. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to everything else we talked about today, like the self-awareness and working hard and yeah. everything else. So, I mean, that's not something that you work hard on. Don't work hard on, like, making fun of people. Yeah. <laughs> work, wanna, work hard on bettering yourself. Well, well it's fun. I mean, do, let's, let's, we could have banner. I, I banner with the boys all the time. We talk shit all the time. It's fun. If you're willing to go back and forth, that's fine. I love that shit. I was bred on that shit. <laughs> like, you want to talk some shit? Let's go, call me. Like, let's have some fucking fun. Right? 
I'm a champion at that shit. But don't be off on the side with your bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. Just appreciate that this guy is an ethical, responsible hunter. Now, if you can call somebody out for some poaching, half-ass bullshit, I'm fine with it. But respect the fact that the guy is in his lane, whoever it is, or gal, they're doing their shit ethically and responsibly. Be a fucking good human being and worry about your fucking dirty ass before you worry about somebody else's who cares if it's a small buck or a big buck or a a cow like i've seen people get like why'd you shoot a cow for and it's like well because because they taste good they you know what because i wanted to motherfucker i paid for the tag it doesn't matter if you don't want to shoot a cow guess what go buy a fucking bull tag and chase the herd bull god damn it's crazy that shit gets me fired up oh it gets me fired up I, i yeah i just i like to see people when they post those like kill photos and everything or or I guess I don't, I don't even like to use the word kill. I use the word harvest most of the time, to be honest. But when they post their like gripping grins or whatnot, and it's as long as you're respectful to the animal, that's yeah. that's the one that I struggle with. Yeah. Like, I think last year was like the craze of dudes sitting behind the turkey like naked in the field or something. I saw those Sorry, posts and like freaked yeah, out. Yeah, they did. Well, those yeah, dudes it, need to be punched <laughs> in the fucking face because that's a that's another ill representation of our demographic. Right. That's horseshit. That, because I mean, it's just animal. it's just well, it's, it's because there there's a disconnect between what they're actually doing and, and what happened. Um, and like, I don't like people celebrating very much after they take a shot too. Like you can high five and everything and say good job. But those guys that run around screaming their head off, like they just scored the winning touchdown with Super Bowl. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but it, those are, those are, but that's also like a teaching moment. You can be like, Hey, like let's sit back and reel that back in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, I don't know. It's, it's hard because it, how are you going to stop it? And it's how are you going to get people on the same page? Like I like I like to see everybody that's successful. I'm trying to comment and say like, "Good job, that's awesome." Like, how did it feel? What What did you go through? Those sort of things. And then all of a sudden, you see these people pop up like, "Oh well, you just did it because of this, or you're this, or I, that's not big enough." Or it's like, "Fuck!" I mean, shoot, you go out here and shoot a bull in the middle of the Rockies with a bow. That shit's hard. I don't care if it's a spike. <laughs> it, ain't, it, it ain't an easy undertaking. And, you know? I, and I I guess that goes with social media, too. There's a lot of people that get upset because they don't harvest. And I don't think you should feel bad if you don't harvest. Like, you need I to take do. it as a, a learning experience and, and take away from everything that you learned on that hunt. But at the same time, they say, I would bet Western hunting is probably 20% fill rate. Like, like people Overall. that fill their tags mm-hmm. yeah 20 percent. because i know nationwide it's like 40 something yeah it's like 45 and i mean it, you get out there in some of that midwest and i mean there's like 100 deer sitting in a damn field and but still only 40 percent of people are notching their tag and when you get out west you get elk hunters are 10 percent mm-hmm. <laughs> you 10 percent of people that buy an elk tag harvest an elk i don't give a shit how big it is good job yeah like i don't know that, that's that's just me and I, there's no reason to go through and, and bash or not support people and I mean yeah if you get down to the bikini upside down bow hunters that's a different story there's, but. you know there's levels to all of it right the guys standing behind like you saying behind the turkey butt naked I had it with a guy last I think it was last year and uh, he's on the, on the page talking mess to some of the women that were on 
And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna handle this guy. I go to his page and I troll his page, right? And this dude has pictures of himself, you know, mounted up behind a fucking pig. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, look at the, look at this douchebag, right? He has an issue with women hunters, but look at the shit. You, and I, dude, I level yeah. that guy quick, and it's just like, what the? Well, he's obviously got more problems. Than oh yeah, just that. But oh, I mean, I saw there was a guy a couple of years ago that he was like cuddling up with a moose that he had just shot, like legs around it and everything i'm like what the fuck is this yeah it's, but it's just all for the gram i guess yeah that's <laughs> the, the the good and the bad of social media and you know the the i would say the worst part about that is maybe not the way that we look at it but the way that anti-hunters and the media and everything okay mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are gonna they're just like anything else they're gonna they're gonna cherry pick the one bad story right and they're gonna publish it yep because that makes us look like shit oh yeah and people need to be self-conscious and self-aware of how they're reacting but then it probably goes back to their everyday life too and where they need to work on themselves from a, a mindset at home and I don't know, all ties back into hunting mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all of it hunting is hunting is everything <laughs> on that note let's go eat some i think the wife got us barbecue nice. i'm starving i like it all right brother here we go Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. On Mondays, your mission is adventure. Join us for an action-packed start to the week with Mission Adventure Mondays. Go exploring in uncharted waters and take a ride to destinations unknown and unreal. Check out Mission Adventure Mondays, presented by Boat Trader on Waypoint TV.